This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, like every single episode of our show, is brought to you by our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash TV, you too can support your boys and get a bunch of cool stuff in exchange. Also, this episode, uh, if this, you're listening to this on the private feed uh, next weekend, if you're listening to this on the public feed in a couple days, is Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Come see us. We are paneling Saturday night at 8 p.m. Uh, come see us talk about some of our favorite games that don't get enough attention. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about the downloadable content for Resident Evil 7, uh, which is a survival horror game. This content came out over the course of 2017, I believe. Yeah, and you might be thinking, guys, you don't do DLC. And we'll say, shut your fucking face. I mean, we did what we've we done did expansion Minerva's packs Den. before. <laughs> yeah, we did Minerva's Den. Yeah, we did, we did After the, the Betrayer. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, as, as you know, separate episodes. We did uh, both those Witcher. Oh, yeah, yeah. DLCs? Yeah, we do DLC. Um, this is a little weird because it's a big variety pack. It is. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, um, and it's weird because, like, a lot of it is canon, actually. It yeah. fil- It fills in the story and weirdly concludes the story. It is weird that it concludes the story and it concludes the story weirdly. I agree on both counts. Yes. Uh, and this is continuing for me. Um, the theme of... of I, like I gotta say, for like my favorite month of the year for for doing the show, it has been a little bit of a letdown for me because <laughs> we we haven't done anything scary, and we you know spoiler we won't yeah uh, throughout the month. Um, and there's even kind of a breathness I feel, and and we could we could be on different pages about this in what we've done this month, even in terms of like scary ideas, not just being scared. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just kind of like not enough like weird. Like I was pretty disappointed with both these big story DLCs. Like they're fine. Yeah, they're fun to play. I thought they were fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like how it ends the story. Yeah. Um, of Resident Evil 7. I don't think they compare to the main game. Nope. At all. Like, I love the main game. I re-listened to our episode about it to refresh my memory. And I was like, oh, I should just replay Resident Evil 7 when I get a chance. Because that mm-hmm. game is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, that's like one of the best games I played that year. Like, easy. Like, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the conversation moved on from it, which is a bummer. Because it's yeah. incredibly good. Um, and then it's just like this. And I'm playing Alan Wake now. And Alan Wake is, like, interesting. But, like, boy... That combat loop, mm-hmm. you do it. You do it a uh, bunch. You, boy, you do it. Uh, yeah, there's there's a real like shining a flashlight and then three rifle, you know, revolver pops uh, as just kind of, it's almost like you can set a watch to it. Mm-hmm. It just happens a lot, you know? Uh, yeah. So there, there's a lot like this month of, I feel like this month, the weird accidental theme is like things that are about horror. Yeah. Without, almost without being horror games. Like, I don't even know if I would classify either of these as horror. The, the story DLC thinks Resident Evil 7 as horror. Yeah. Like they have the, some of the language of horror, mm-hmm. 
but they're not, you know, they, they don't feel like they're, they're like a pure part of the genre to me. Yeah, no, they, they feel, they feel cut with, with, with yeah. something else. Um, you know, specifically the, the, the two big ones, uh, which is weird because we're going to end up comparing those to the DLCs that came out first daughters and, uh, bedroom specifically, mm-hmm. uh, 21 to a certain extent as well, uh, that feel much more in line with the main game and feel much more in line with like general horror kind of things. You know, that puts you into far more uncomfortable um, and dreadful situations uh, than either uh, Not a Hero or End of Zoe do. I'm sorry, yeah. End of Zoa. Zoe of the Enders. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's a uh, yeah. They they it something happened mm-hmm. between those because the you know they had the 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 found footage or the lost footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ba- know, ba- band footage. footage. Band yeah. footage. I I'd get it eventually. I'm sure. The the um, I'm not sure. Um, we, we had the footage DLCs, which did come out where a fast follow and do feel of a piece to your point. Yeah. And then there was a big break. Mm-hmm. Like we, I remember, you know, I re-listened to our episode on it and we said like, Hey, by the time we did this episode, the DLCs were supposed to be out Yeah. and they just weren't like they got delayed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was like for heavy retooling or it was to like what happened mm-hmm. to make that delay. But it feels like there's a story here because of how weird and off they are yeah. in comparison. Um, I know at least one of them, not a hero was designed by an outside studio. Um, they, yeah, they, they had, uh, they'd shipped it out to Hexa drive, uh, which primarily had done, um, like HD updates of games or like side, uh, side games. So Hexa drive is the team that made the third birthday was one of their first, oh, was one of their where, first where games. Your, your life meter is how much clothes you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. In that game. Okay. Yeah, something that is, you know, not very, it doesn't handle the source material. Well, <laughs> now, I thought it was super weird that in naughty hero, the more that you got hurt, the more of your dick showed. Yep. And just like you're that always too. erect, and yeah, just the just the condom just keeps getting ripped up. Like all the the molded are just going up and slashing at your dick, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Not today, cupcake." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you you fight them off. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> and by the end, like almost the whole thing was showing. It was really weird. Like I don't know if it's actually considered nudity if you don't show the head, but you know, <laughs> like, uh, it's it somehow you know somehow they skirted it or what, but. Uh, Gary, that was a dumb thing to say. What if that? What if that was the case, though? What if you could just put like a past, like a pasty, <laughs> like just a pasty right <laughs> over the hole? Yeah, just over, it was like safe for work. Ah! Wait, no. <laughs> just, uh... <laughs> but no pubes, though. You have to be clean shaven. Got to yeah, be aerodynamic. Like, and then, and then it's absolutely like legit. Yeah, and fine. No, like, no, you, no, you no just put put that on like, Sesame Street. Yeah, it's the. Um, <laughs> Anywho, so that happens with Beef Boy. And it's weird. Um, should we uh, should we get into it? Because talking about these generally is weird because they're so different. Yes, uh, yeah, let's do it. So, so, Gary, the order that I put these in is uh, chronological by story, and I put the weirdos at the end. Yeah, so we're gonna end with some real non consequential bullshit. Yes, <laughs> the, uh, you know, um, with the you know things that should have been options for the main game, right? Um, but let's talk daughters. Um, I mean, Daughters is incredibly good. Uh, yeah, Daughters is great. Yeah. So this actually shows the infection of the Baker family. This takes place three years before the main game uh, mm-hmm. when the cur- when the hurricane actually hit. Um, and the Bakers were a loving family, plus Lucas, who was always a sullen uh, sadist. Uh, and the ship carrying Evie, carrying uh, both Mia and Evie, the uh, uh, little child biological weapon, washes up and they take them in. 
and we kind of see uh, the tragedy unfold in a way that mm-hmm. we are helpless to stop. Yeah, and it's really effective. Like this is out of all of the DLCs, this is the by far the most additive to the story. Yes, and I think the reason why is because it, uh, you know, fairly late in Resident Evil Seven, mm-hmm. you get to talk to Jack Ghost, you know, his Force Ghost or what have you, who says like, "Hey, we're not bad people." Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you kind of get a sense like, oh, these are victims, too. Yes. But it's not like you get you do get a strong sense of that, but you don't get the full picture. Mm -hmm. And this is like fulfills a really key kind of emotional uh, projection of like what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, And and also is is scary and effective and good, Mm -hmm. like on its own. Like this is, you know, arguably if it wasn't for the creativity of one of the later ones, this would be my favorite DLC Uh, here. This is incredibly good. Yes. Um, so it starts off with the, the storm, uh, the bio is getting hit. We spend our time in the house here, which is in much better shape. Yes. Like they have not always just had like roiling soup pots of cockroaches. <laughs> Although it is, it is kind of funny to like go and look around in the back that there are some hoarder tendencies. Yeah. Like if you go into the pantry or whatever, like there are some just garbage bags kind of piled up against a corner, uh, yeah. things like that. You can see the basis for what's going to happen. A little bit later mm-hmm. on, but the house, much like the family, are in pretty good shape. Uh, mm-hmm. During this, you're playing as Zoe, um, the person who you uh, most likely left for dead um, on the dock. Um, in it's the a good game. ending to, to leave yes. her for dead. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the canonical one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, like it starts out with this um, with the, with this news broadcast saying like, hey, the storm's hitting, blah, blah, blah. Dolby County being hit worst of all. Um, and you can just explore something that's interesting that implies um, or outright states that this is in the main Resident Evil continuity um, is mm-hmm. that there is a newspaper that talks about UNA to Edonia um, on the coffee table. Edonia being the um, land where Dilbert's from. Um, yes. Like, is that what those Dilbert people are from there? <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's <laughs> Dildonia. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, were you setting me up to say Dildonia? No, no, no. I thought that, I think there there is like a, a weird fake country in Dilbert. Oh, okay. Where the, the oh, where, where the where the intern interns from? Yeah, yeah the, the racist intern yes. comes from in Dilbert. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but uh, Edonia is where part of Resident Evil Six took place. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So the, Jack goes out. You know, he's he is going out checking on uh, the storm. Comes in, brings uh, Evelyn in, mm-hmm. EVN, uh, from the rain. She's got this black substance on her. Uh, and everyone is very concerned. Um, you know, she's going to, he's going to bring, you know, kind of take care of her. Marguerite, the mother asks you to go get some clean clothes. Yes. Uh, from Lucas's room, Lucas is being a shit like, Hey, not my room. It's like, well, you haven't used that room in forever. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of setting up like being actually pretty clever about like why there's just a furnished children's room Mm -hmm. in this house with no children that they need to use later for creepy factor, you know, like, You know, and without having to actually rebuild the house. Yes. You know, reuse it kind of, you know, again, clean everything up, but actually repurpose the the geography in a really clever way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love that Lucas is just always on his cell phone during this. Yeah. It is such a yeah. good, such a good character beat for him. Um, and it plays into getting the good ending. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, something else that I noticed, uh, the list on the fridge, which in the game, like talked about the different people that they ate. Uh, mm-hmm. Here, yeah, it's yeah. just a regular shopping list. Eggs, mm-hmm. milk, stuff for stuff for Lucas, etc. Yeah. Yep. John Milk. Yep. <laughs> Richard Eggs. Like everybody's going. Hi, I'm, <laughs> hi, I'm Dick Eggs. Yeah, I'm Dick Eggs. <laughs> the, uh, there's an egg right in front. It's not nudity. Um, the, uh, uh, so uh, you you give the, go upstairs, you give the clothes to, to Evie. 
And she opens her eyes full on Ringu, like scary, you know, black haired, uh, pale girl, uh, and says, whispers like they're mine now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the lights go out. And all that's left is a girl-shaped imprint on the bed in that black substance, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is, you know, which people think is oil, but is actually the, you know, the fungus. Yeah, yeah that's the molded stuff. <laughs> um, so we 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 go off. We're like calling for our dad. Like, hey, has there been a power outage, etc.? We hear uh, Margaret talking in the upstairs bathroom, Marguerite rather, uh, and go up to go talk to her, and she's got her back turned to us, mm-hmm. Stand, uh, standing over the bathtub that is full of full of water, like you would if there mm-hmm. was a storm going on. Um, and she, uh, as opposed to being sweet and caring, um, is talking a little bit unhinged and says, come see her gift. Look at all of the pretties. My girl, my girl has given me, she turns around. (laughs) Most of them are bees. Spoilers for my girl. Um. (laughs) That scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, Gary. Yeah. It was was a terrifying movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, but she turns around and her mouth erupts in bugs. Uh, Marguerite yeah. was one of the first to be taken. Yeah, she vomits bugs. Yes. They never quite explain why everyone turns into like a regular monster, but she gets this bug association. Yeah. Um, we don't really need it. It's just scary. Yes. It is okay. Uh, Jack comes in. I love this portrayal. I love good Jack. Yes. Good Jack is great. Like, I love the voice actor and he just, you know, trying to restrain her and like trying to help her, you know, cause it's like. You know, there's the, there's that temptation when you're watching a zombie movie to be like, oh, they're a zombie now, kill them. But mm-hmm. you know, nobody's going to do that to an actual person they care about. Yeah. You know, you're gonna you're gonna try. They're sick. Yeah. You know, that's you th- a really reasonable kind of reaction. You think she's having a, like an episode or an, a, like an epileptic fit or something like that? Oh, whatever. Like, this is... puking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Of, you know, as uh, you do. P- people say you know you eat seven bugs a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. just for her, all of them stayed alive and then grew grew big and came back out. Yeah, all of them were pregnant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah uh, but he's trying to restrain her, and she's going full on deadite, and you know, kiss me, yeah. lover, etc. Yeah, yeah. Jack's like, you know, Jack is eye on the prize. Like, hey, we need a restrainer. Go to the garage and get me some rope. Yep. Uh, so you go down again, some hoarder tendencies, like a filthy, filthy weight passage uh, down to the garage. Get in the garage. I uh, get this rope rope. Uh, and then when you, uh, you get back up, Jack is holding, uh, Marguerite under the water, mm-hmm. uh, you know, d- apparently drowning her, yep. you know, uh, this, and I'm glad you call out this note because this note is great. Yeah. This, uh, this, this, line. Th- this dialogue, uh, you know, yeah. he is, you know, incredibly angry. He says, don't you worry. It's a whole lot worse than it looks. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, a, that's a great line. <laughs> I, like, love I, I love that so much. Um, so, uh, he turns around at this point. You can see something's wrong with him as well. Mm-hmm. Marguerite is just floating, like drowned, apparently. Um, you're, you're, and it's again really heartbreaking. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, like you know, daddy, daddy. Uh, and then uh, he takes out a knife, and you think he's going to stab you, and he stabs himself in the chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, to show his devotion. Um, when he's running after you again, like I love the uh, the way that the monster forms or the the kind of these forms of of the bakers like still resemble themselves. Where he's just like, when I say I need rope. You give me rope. And yep. like, this is so far not about rope anymore. But like, <laughs> the, the thing that you have turned into remembers a little bit of that urge or whatever. Yes. You know, it kind of makes sense as this like, uh, like emotional inertia. Like mm-hmm. you felt this adrenaline need for rope. Then this thing took over you. And now that is metastasized into this yeah. horrific. Yeah. And, it, know, and, and it is, but, it is manifesting as child abuse. It is manifesting yes. as I'm going to berate you for not doing anything right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and with, you know, it should be said, this is a non-combat DLC. There's nothing you yeah. can do except for run and try to avoid them. 
Yeah. 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 Which is not actually, it's also not a very difficult DLC. It's like very much like a little novella microfiction. Yes. Okay. I think it's not difficult. It's very short. Mm-hmm. We're, we're almost done with the, the, the quote unquote, the bad ending of this. The way that you get the good ending of this is arbitrary and dumb. Yes. Um, to me. But the, uh, the, we're almost done with the, the body of it. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, he chases you. Uh, you run into the game room. I uh, use the rope to tie the door to kind of stop him. Uh, and you escape out the window. Yeah. Um, you, there's yeah. a little puzzle yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, it's done under pressure. It's, you know, it's timed. Uh, to, mm-hmm. to get the board off the wall, you have to grab a fork from, uh, from Marguerite's little room there. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. Uh, and use that to pry the nails out. I got caught on this cause I forgot there was a fork that you needed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, when you, uh, you, so you, you go back out and hide, when you come back inside, we see Jack, uh, grabbing Lucas mm-hmm. and, and dragging him and promising he'll get the gift. Yes. And you know, he's a ship, he's your brother. Yeah. Like in fiction. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't need to be, you know, doesn't deserve to be dragged down a hallway. At least not mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the kind of gameplay climax of it is doing a miniature stealth sequence past Marguerite in the main hall. Like yep. for a second, it's like, Hey, your mother's alive, but also, you know, she's clearly threatening now. Yes. She's found her lantern and she is walking a circuit and yelling like Zoe, you know, just trying to convince you like, Oh, it's going to be so good. You know, I better hope I don't catch you. It's going to be so good. Things like yeah. that. Um, and something that is worth noting is the front door of the hall is locked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you need one of the Cerberus heads, uh, and that is, you know, how you get the good ending. Um, the only other way that you can go is out the garage, right? So you go out the one open door and there's this real heartbreaking kind of scene, um, as you're headed back toward the kitchen and dining room, et cetera, where Marguerite has caught you, but she has managed to assert control over Evie's influence. And she tearfully gives you the car keys and says, Hey, you need to go get out and bring help. Because you are incredibly doomed and then locks the door behind you. Yeah. Yep. These little, these little, you know, glimmers of, of caring. Yes. Are just really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, uh, you head to the car keys. Uh, Jack is near the garage. So you have to go through the crawl space in order to get him. Um, and when you get to the car, uh, Evelyn, uh, Evie like shows up mm-hmm. and kind of shocks you and distracts you long enough for Jack to pull you out of the car and beat the shit out of you. Yes. Um, and the DLC ends with the full family sitting at the dining table. Evelyn's at the center. Uh, uh, here it's just a still the good ending shows the more horrifying part of it. Um, to get the good ending, I'm happy you agree with this, Gary. Uh, it is arbitrary and bullshit. I don't think that there is a way that you would get this on your first go. Um, yeah, Yeah. which is, you know, just not, not, not great. The key is you have to, you know, get the Cerberus head to open the front door and get to the trailer. But uh, to do that, you have to understand to look over Lucas's shoulder and see what he's doing on his phone at certain times where you can see him enter his passcode uh, yeah. because he is careless and lazy. Uh, his passcode on his phone is the same as a passcode on his computer. Yeah, nobody does that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, um, the, uh, yeah. So like, this is like getting that as a fun little hint. If I was positioned as if I am like in puzzle mode, yeah, right. Like that's a cool puzzle. Like follow this person around and look at their phone to see them put in their password mm-hmm. and hope it's the same as a computer. But like, I didn't feel like I was playing that type of game. No. You know, I felt like this was a, a sad little short story. Yeah. I was, you know, like quite frankly, more, more enamored with looking at the family as they existed before Evie came and, you know, perverted them. Yeah. Right? You know, I, 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 I wanted to explore this familiar place that was in a different condition. I did not want to push on the seams of what was possible in a game necessarily. Right. But uh, if you do that, um, you get the passcode 
Uh, you can go up to uh, the crawl space there. You get a lockpick, which then opens a drawer in the bathroom, which has a button inside. Mm-hmm. Um, the button goes into one of Lucas's trophies when you go up to his room, which gets you into the attic. Right. Uh, to his weird little secret lair. Right. Where he okay. let one of his uh, friends die. Yeah. Uh, forced yeah, him to starve recall. to death. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but you go to his laptop and he has his fuck you list on there. Um, mm-hmm. Jack hit him for using his phone at the dinner, dinner table. Not great parenting, one would imagine. Um, no. and, uh, he also, uh, is, he says, fuck you to Zoe for catching him creeping on her when she's doing her yoga. So yeah. fuck you, Lucas. You yeah, fuck you incest. Yeah. yeah. Um, incest millennial Lucas. <laughs> she really got the lid off. Um, so eventually, uh, you get a note about how Jack put a bunch of, uh, his stuff in a box on the veranda. Um, so then, yeah, so that with that armed with that knowledge, and again, the way it's arbitrary is like the knowledge changes reality. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes you able to go back way. there and look at the, and examine that box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the DLC goes as normal, uh, but when you're running from Jack, uh, you can grab the dog head from that box. And instead of going out through the garage and the car, which is a non-starter, um, you go out the front door right. in the main hall mm-hmm. to get to the trailer, uh, where they have, where they had, uh, put up Mia, right. Yeah. They had found Mia first. Uh, she's no longer there, um, mm-hmm. but there is a note that Mia has left, uh, basically saying, hey, you know, you need to run. Uh, forget about me. Forget you ever saw me. If you if you find this little girl, do not have anything to do with her, uh, because mm-hmm. by the time you know something's wrong, it is too late. Um, and there's this garbled bit about a vaccine. Uh, and this note is actually attached to or sitting alongside the D005 sample, the mummified like child body that you end up using in the main game uh, to synthesize the cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, then as you're looking at this, uh, the lighter blows out. You turn around, uh, Mia grabs you uh, and you wake up at the table. It's animated now instead of a still shot mm-hmm. um, where everything seems normal. Like it seems like you're a dream. It's a dream. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, you know, they're just like, you know, Lucas is still being a shit, but Marguerite is not vomiting bugs and Jack is not cutting himself. Yes. You know, but they're just talking about, oh, the storm was so big. You know, we're going to have to go check out the boathouse, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just seems normal. But then Evelyn appears, you know, kind of in the background, uh, like a Ringu, and says, mm-hmm. hello, sister. And that's the end. Um, and yep. this is the slowly deteriorating hell that Zoe lives through for three years until until we find until her. you abandon her yeah well, you uh, know. <laughs> but, she has a happy a, ending for reasons i don't like so, the, uh, <laughs> until you abandon her on, a, on an airboat yeah don't worry though everything works out okay for zoe for some reason yeah because <laughs> the series forgot what kind of series it is yeah um yeah so good really sad but uh the lack of kind of scope of this is key to it being good yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. uh just uh just you know it being this just wants to tell a little bit of story and give you a little bit of extra background. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a danger in this, right? Like, if if, if you can't satisfactorily do the explanation, um, just leave it ambiguous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you know, you have enough information in the main game to understand that, that they have been, you know, co-opted and things, you know, were not like this before. I feel like it's admirable that they give you this information, that they show you the origin, and it still lands as emotionally true. Yeah. 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 They do. They do a great job mm-hmm. before they lost their fucking mind. Well, yeah. Um, the, the, um, so yeah, really good. Uh, it's still though, it's not my favorite, uh, DLC because mm-hmm. the next one is, yes. Um, I think this is wildly creative and I would take a game that was like 20 of these, mm-hmm. uh, in an instant. Yes. Um, so that moves us on to bedroom. 
Um, we get a couple DLCs starring Clancy. You remember yes. Clancy, the yeah. name no one has. <laughs> um, <laughs> Clancy Wiggum. Yeah, the, 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 the comedy name yeah. that they used in the 50s. Says um, like Gary. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But I, I know that we're dying out. I'm a rare, I'm a shiny Pokemon. <laughs> Clancy, though, that's yesterday's breakfast. Mm. Um, so this is the cameraman who shot the uh, the videos that we found in the game, part of the uh, Gator Hunters, the Gator Crew, Swamp yeah. Hunters. Yeah. Um, uh, the, and this is the beginning of his his hell. Yeah. Well, the beginning heard. of his hell was uh, the, the the tape you found uh, in the in the guest oh, house. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it but it continues. Um, <laughs> so this is he has been captured. Okay. And he is under Marguerite's sway. Marguerite is trying to bring him into the family. Uh, mm-hmm. And by bringing you, bring him into the family, we mean force him to eat this tainted meat that will, you know, infect him as the molded. Yeah. Uh, which again, just Resident Evil seven best in the business for food. You don't want to eat. Yep. <laughs> in general, just in terms of unappetizing games, like they do such a good job. Mm-hmm. It's like the anti breath of the wild in that, that respect. <laughs> you know? A lot of goat butter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so you're talking to him, you know, you get this, uh, this, this option, you know, Mm -hmm. where you can either kind of push back or you can compliment how good the food looks. If you don't compliment it, you take damage. Uh, there's no combat in this damage doesn't matter. It's just using the cadence of video games to Mm -hmm. like express an idea. Like I really like that. It's possible to die. I think if you're hit three times, you're, you're, you're gone. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Um, the, uh, I did, I did not know that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you are, you know, shackled to this bed and Marguerite's like, okay, well, you know, your, our daughter wants a big brother. If you're going to be family, you got to eat like family. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, leaves you there. And rather than like going through all the individual steps of this, like it's probably yeah, best just yeah. to describe it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, so what this is, is you have to solve an escape room. Mm hmm. Um, this room, like they, they went through the trouble of setting up a series of clues, uh, <laughs> for you, basically a series of locks and keys, mm-hmm. you get out. It's very funny. Uh, but the gimmick is, is that a certain amount of time goes by. Marguerite comes back and checks to see it and knows like if anything's missing. Yeah. Uh, and this is so good. Yeah, like, you have to you I, have to cover your tracks, and even if you've done well, Marguerite still acts like something is yeah. going to is going to be wrong. Like she will walk up to something that you fixed, and yep. you will live in terror that it will come up wanting, right? Yep. Um, and Love there's that, some stuff yeah. that you can't put back, right? Like yeah. you know, and just there there's a huge oh shit moment, like when you pull out the when you pull out a drawer and it won't go back in. Like, well, yeah. nope, she's gonna see that. It just it's doing an escape room in reverse, mm-hmm. you know, like doing uh, solving and resetting an escape room like a shuttle run, getting mm-hmm. a little bit further every time yeah. is such a good idea mm-hmm. uh, and just so uh, terrifying, yeah. like more terrifying than a time limit. It's it's, because it's what, more stuff that you have to hold in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Way more stuff you have to hold in your head. A series of uh, small time limits instead mm-hmm. of one big time limit. Yeah. You know, so it just kind of spreads the tension throughout. I think it's really genuinely genius. Mm hmm. Um, and really, really thrilling. And as a fan of escape rooms, like really fun to puzzle out a new, like a new twist on escape rooms that I had never seen before. Um, and just genuinely really tense and scary. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love is that continues the idea that I've had for a while that people over at Capcom think tape is something different than it is. Because anytime <laughs> someone runs up to a taped up thing, they're like, I can't do anything with that without a knife. Yeah. Like does on every little bit of tape that has ever been opened by somebody at Capcom, they've used a blade. I think so. Like 
no one can peel back tape. Yeah. Like even life or death situations like, mm-hmm. nope, I'm Leon. I'm in the first floor of the uh, police department. I ain't getting <laughs> through that tape, though. <laughs> no way. I'm a cop. I don't I don't feel tape. No, no. Um, yeah, that, that, that is ridiculous. But I do like that you have to explore to such a level of granularity that you have to look behind the desk to get the knife. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. I like the uh, the book mechanism with the paintings and things. It, it would never exist in real life, but it is a great uh um, it is a great puzzle conceit. Uh, the idea mm-hmm. that there's the obvious solution that gets you one thing. Um, and then there is the non obvious solution that is revealed by a note, uh, that opens up and gets you something else. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love, uh, this is a good opportunity for them to reuse the shadow puzzles mm-hmm. in you a know, cool way not, too. Like a cool way. Yeah. There, there weren't like a something phenomenal mm-hmm. in the main game. Like they're a little nonsensical. But yeah. like, you know, get some more use out of it. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a great it feels more at home here than it does actually in the game. Yes. Like the idea of imagining the bakers regularly doing that to, to open things is dumb. Mm-hmm. The idea of this being part of and it, it makes no sense for Marguerite to have that set up here either. Mm-hmm. But having it as part of an escape room construct makes total sense. Yeah. It, 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 it rests more easily in this gameplay concept. I also yeah. like that there is not just a special wooden sculpture that you find and then use. Yeah, you actually yeah. have to combine things and kind of intuit. Like how how genius is it to use the uh the the fork that has the uh that has the snake design on it to become the 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 Medusa. The cobra. Yeah. Or the, yeah, the Medu- yeah, the the snake head mm-hmm. thing in a totally different way than you might expect. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. Um so you so you do all those things eventually, uh basically trying to get there's a there's a door under your bed mm-hmm. and you're trying to get the key, the snake key to get that. Um, you eventually do it, but Marguerite as a, as a, will definitely come back. Yes. You know, at, uh, no matter what for the end and you cannot make it out before she catches you. Right. Um, so you have to use that knife that you have and stab her in the throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which buys you enough time to head downstairs. But, uh, the room you end up in downstairs is Lucas's workshop where he's been taking off horse, horse legs. Yep. <laughs> Yep, just uh, collecting them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that doesn't end well for you, and we'll figure out what happens next. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, the other thing I really like about Bedroom is it leads really easily into 21, with you going down into Lucas's basement and then ending up there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. One more thing about Bedroom. Um, so when Marguerite comes back in, um, for, for for me, it's really funny because a couple of times when I did this, I forgot to, to, to reshackle my hands. Yeah. Uh, but, but second off there, there's, there's one point where she can come in, um, and say, you know, who's been messing around in here? You can get a free, you can get a free, um, uh, like, like, you know, a free loss, right? You know, without mm-hmm. taking any damage. If you blame Lucas for messing around because yeah, she will yeah. believe that Lucas did it. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. Such a shit. Yep. Yeah. He can't, uh, there's nobody likes him. <laughs> no. So yeah, really, really good. Just, just really, really creative. Yeah. Love it. Um, the Clancy's con- story kind of continues mm-hmm. uh, in the first like non-canonical mode, right? Um, nightmare mode, which is cool. Um, I didn't spend tons of time with this just because I didn't have time to like sink into what is essentially like an endless mode. Yeah, it's not endless, yeah. but it has an endless feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it has an end. This is a wave based. This is like mercenaries or what have you. This is a wave based, trap based basement defense. Yeah kind of mode this is the the the, the horde mode as uh, the is the common you know the, the the common name for it where you know you have a number of rounds and you have a kind of currency that you get um over time and by killing enemies that you can use to either level up individual items or buy new items uh the goal here is 
you have to survive until dawn um, in the basement. You start out in the incinerator room and you can open up certain new places to get more to get more items and more resources. But Jack is sending molded down at you and the final wave, the boss of that has you defeating Jack himself. Yeah. Yeah. This introduces a lot of traps. Yes. Uh, to the game, which are, you know, I don't remember them being a part at all of the main game, but I, I might be misremembering. Um, they're interesting mm-hmm. like in this, but it's also something that I didn't fuck around with that much in the time I spent with it, even though I, I it is key to actually beating it like i watched a full playthrough of this mm-hmm. yeah um but it's uh it's interesting like it is um that's a that's a resident evil staple yes right like since the beginning has been doing stuff like this and i'm glad mm-hmm. that they carried it forward to seven yeah seven has yeah. a good combat engine yeah even though i i am not enamored enough of the combat engine to want to do um a lot no of this. i spent yeah. less time on this than i did mercenaries or uh, uh, Jack, jack's time. 50 for the birthday uh no i didn't spend that much time doing that either oh okay sorry i, um, I, meant, I meant previous resident evil games previous, like yeah. uh, res- uh, mercenaries mode in mm-hmm. um in three mm-hmm. um which i is the probably the mode of those i spent the most time with and then spent quite a bit of time with the resident evil 4 one as well yeah yeah this one is all right i spent a little bit more time with jack's 55th birthday in this one as well mm-hmm. which i think is fun and funny but also like so, there's only so long wave-based combat is going to appeal to me true um moving on to another really strong one i think Mm -hmm. uh 21 yeah uh so you have gone from marguerite to jack to lucas um and this like you're still chronicles (laughs) continue yeah um and this one segues very nicely into happy birthday uh as as well uh but this one is i think the biggest gameplay departure for uh Mm -hmm. for all of these it still takes place in first person view but you are strapped into a machine um in lucas's house of traps um, and you are being forced to play a variant of blackjack against another person against Hoffman, um, yeah. who is sitting across the table from you. Uh, he has a burlap sack over his head and he is begging you to let him out because he has a wife and kids. Yep. Uh, tough shit Hoffman. <laughs> um, so it's very similar to uh, blackjack. The difference here is you have, you share one deck that has numbers one to 11, right? Um, so that makes a huge difference mm-hmm. in, uh, in blackjack, yeah. <laughs> like knowing that a, a number can't repeat, mm-hmm. like, it's pretty interesting that this is not only like, you know, this is pretty slight, like, it's just a fun little short story. I'm not going to go back to it. Right. Right. Cause it has a scripted ending. Like it's a game, but also, mm-hmm. you know, it has a determined way it'll end, but also just like, wait, they, they came up with a pretty fun variant of blackjack. Yeah. Like I, I really <laughs> felt, I mean, it made me feel smart, like saying, yeah. okay, like, like what are the ranges of possibilities? You know, like, well, like what are the, it's, it's super easy to calculate the odds uh, mm-hmm. of, of what will come up, you know, based on the, the diminishing number of cards in the deck, but it still feels good. <laughs> it still yeah. feels good to do it. It's like card counting for beginners. Yes. You know, um, so you're, you're, you're going through it and the first, uh, kind of, uh, thing, the, the first bet, like you have wagers you're doing that are being made for you. Mm. Um, you can later manipulate this, um, is how many fingers you lose. Like you have your hand in this little like guillotine glove. <laughs> I, uh, love, I love the guillotine yeah. glove, the way it's, that the individual blades like pop up when that finger yeah. is being wagered. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it's so scary too. Like, uh-huh. I don't want to lose my fingers. Like, no. you know, I feel like out of things I'm scared of, that could conceivably happen to me. I'd lose a finger, you know? Yeah, yeah. A lot of trucking with threshers, threshing <laughs> with truckers. Yeah, you know, a lot of, both those things. Like, either one is yeah. bound to lose you a finger. Yeah, I suppose. I'm more you worried know? about losing an eye. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, so you just like uh, you know, a, a finger's got a bone in it. Oh, an eye. You just walk around carrying the wrong thing and you fall down, and boom, eye's gone. 
You know what the thing that makes me, I was just, I had to interrogate that. I just went on a little journey. Like the thing that makes me less scared about losing an eye is I wouldn't have to see it. <laughs> like I'm not joking. <laughs> like I'd have to look down at my finger and see the tendon and bone. Okay. And see the blood. That's terrifying. If I lost an eye, I would never see it. I, I I'm mean... not going to go seek out a mirror. I'd go to the hospital, <laughs> you know? So it, I, it, I wouldn't have that body. I wouldn't have that shock of like. Looking and seeing my insides on the outsides. I, I I strongly disagree with you that that would be better. <laughs> I strongly disagree with you that that would make it better, Gary. I think it would. I think it would for me because okay. I think a big part of my fear is I don't want to see you know don't want to see a tendon. I, I can understand that, but for me, I don't. For for me, I don't think it would make a difference. And I think that if we pull the audience, which would yeah. you rather lose a finger or an eye? Oh, I'm saying. Well, I just not which one would I rather like in terms okay. of like functionality and stuff. Mm. It's not. It's that. Which, it's like, which one is scarier? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To me, like rather like finger, because I can get by without, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, depending depending on the finger. Mm-hmm. D- depending on which trivia questions I need to answer in the near future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how many fingers? Oh yeah. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I use these things for a lot of things. Um, so the uh, you go through uh, eventually. You you know you 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 can lose this. Yes. You know, um, but if you win, uh, Hoffman pot passes out when he loses all his fingers. <laughs> Um, and you think you won, but he wakes up and asks for another round. And Lucas this whole time is fucking with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just like, yeah, we'll let you go if you win. And he's like, I'd like another round. He's like, well, you heard the man. Yep. Like, Hoffman's <laughs> the boss. Hoff's <laughs> <laughs> the boss. Just let yep. me, just let me knock you out and then come down and set up a terrifying new machine, which is, it takes the, uh, the guillotine glove and adds electric shocks to it. Yeah. Uh, there are, I think 10 or 11 levels, levels of shock. Um, and that's what you're wagering. It goes up every single hand, uh, but you get special cards uh, that can change the bet for either you or for uh, for your enemy, for Hoffman. Well, not just not just change the bet, but also give you different cards. Yes. So like this card yeah. is worth a guaranteed three. You hold this as a separate hand. You have your blackjack hand, but then you have these. You each get a special card. Yeah. You don't know what your opponent has. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have these these special effects, and this is again a really cool blackjack thing. It, it like, really is. We don't improve blackjack, and and it and it, pl- it plays with the limited deck really well because you know if a even if a three will not benefit you, you can use it to check to see if the enemy has a three because it can't draw a three that the that the uh, that Hoffman's already holding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So really, really neat, and they're pretty creative. Like mm-hmm. the benefit cards, they're not like you know your opponent has to you know play the rest of the game without saying words of Larry or anything like that yeah, yeah. but like it'll be like you know add to your opponent's bet double your opponent's bet like if you think you're pretty win mm-hmm. um i love undo a card yep <laughs> because so much of, of blackjack is about like you know it, like blackjack whatever they show in movies it's like oh yeah everyone's got a, a face card showing so it's just gonna be one hand but i've definitely done blackjack where it's like both players just creeping up with twos and threes yep <laughs> <laughs> it's so like weird and unsatisfying yeah uh and this is you know when you're doing that creep thing and, and you're pointing out maneuvers you can take back your cards you're no longer set yeah yeah you know undo things they do it's really good mm-hmm. but yeah like if you know that you have um a killer hand quite literally you can just you know max out the bet and screw the enemy um the enemy god i'm playing right into lucas's hands <laughs> his name is hoffman yeah you can yeah but you you can raff lock hoffman uh because yeah. you know the the maximum voltage on this will kill you it is a lethal dose yeah uh so eventually you win or you lose right well, but if yeah. you win uh then uh hoffman dies he gets electrocuted 
Um, and then Lucas, uh, because he's, you know, a sadist fuck, mm-hmm. uh, makes Hoffman shocks his body. He's like, oh, there's still some life in that boy yet and mm-hmm. shocks him. So he moves around yeah. and then starts doing an impersonation of him saying he wants another round, <laughs> uh, which is, is, is funny, yep. you know, like it is, it is, it is funny and good and, uh, charismatic of Lucas, even though he's mm-hmm. a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Like it is still pretty fun to watch. Yeah. And the lights go out, uh, comes back yep. up. Hoffman has been rigged up like a marionette. Yep. <laughs> Lucas will be speaking for him. Um, oh, gee, I guess I'll pull. Yeah. Right, he makes himself draw a card. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do it, please. <laughs> you know, I'll um, it. <laughs> and the, uh, the death trap this time, it is a spinning saw made of knives that starts out equidistant between the two of you. Um, and winning and losing, uh, the bet is the distance that it moves toward the loser. Yeah. Um, this goes on for a while, but regardless of what happens, here's where it, it just goes into its pre-constructed ending Yeah, is the hand before it ends. You get a card called love your enemy, which makes, uh, your opponent get the best card possible mm-hmm. that they would need. Um, Lucas cheats. Yeah. Uh, he increases the bet to a hundred, gives himself a perfect hand. Um, so you think that he's going to win. And then the, like the puzzle, even though it's incredibly obvious is do the love your enemy thing, which gives him a card, which makes him bust. Yes. Um, which, you know, would be, you know, a, a triumph, right? Like, okay. Like, mm-hmm. a, a, like he, Lucas has demonstrated I'm never getting out of here, but you know, <laughs> like I think Clancy even says, take that you fuck or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but it is made horrifying again, which you think, okay, I'm going to watch this saw blade chop up a dead body. And that's kind of lame. That's a bummer to see. Uh, yeah. however, Hoffman, <laughs> as the machine is spinning up, uh, stirs and wakes up and turns out that he was just kind of knocked out by the electricity. Uh, the knife is going to be what kills him as it, uh, churns him into hamburger. And yep. the special prize that you win for good for winning three rounds is another game. Yep. Nonstop games. Yep. Hooray. Yeah. And this takes um, you to the escape room from the main game, the happy birthday one. Yes. Which you burn alive at the end. Of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, out of all those ways you could have died, <laughs> you know, maybe the chainsaw to the face would have been the best one yeah. into it. Maybe, you know, it'd be over quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the electric you know. shock probably would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could, I could see either way. I mean, the lead up to it would be tough. Yes. Yeah. There's the progressively increasing shocks. Um, that's all it for the first kind of series of DLCs. Um, we're moving into the big ones. First one we're going to talk about is not a hero. Um, as we mentioned earlier, this was outsourced to Hexadrive. So go Hexadrive. Yeah. And it's fine. Um, the thing that I don't, don't like about this, um, bringing it, uh, just, just gonna, just gonna put, put a banner up here, uh, is that it, uh, crimps off, uh, it, it, it ties up a loose end that I didn't want tied up. I think it ties it up in a really dumb way, too. Yes. Yeah. I'm very disappointed for Lucas, who is the most, uh, compelling villain that Resident Evil has had. Mm hmm. Like, I'm, I'm putting him above Wesker. Yep. You know, because, like, Wesker eventually became a vampire, and it was fucking dumb. <laughs> like, you know, Wesker eventually became like, Resident Evil 5 ruined Wesker. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Lucas was really interesting, and he turns into a G-type monster at the end. Yes. 
Like he turns into a Birkin and you kill him that way. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Yeah. Like Like, I I just, you know, like there was a lack of Resident Evil style Resident Evil monsters in seven. mm -hmm. Right. Like the, the, the. Uh, the Jack fight is more of a set piece thing. Mm-hmm. The Marguerite thing is more of an environmental challenge yeah. with her kind of stalking you. There weren't a lot of boss fights that were just, hey, empty your bullets into a giant monster in front of you. Yeah. Uh, but the secret is that was good. Yes. Um, you know, because those boss fights have never been great. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not even great in two, which like I love Res- or the remake of two, mm-hmm. which I love that. But the boss fights are not great shakes. In them, yeah, they're real weak. You know. Yeah. They're real weak. Like it is, uh, they're fun for nostalgia, but they're not good. Mm-hmm. And they, they've just, the series never really been good. You know, the Marguerite fight, I think is genuinely great. Yes. Uh, in this game, but that's, you know, even the Jack fight's not super great. Mm-hmm. Um, this is worse. It's an interesting character. They make him not interesting by making him turn to a monster. Yes. So, yeah, I think this is, this is pretty weak. Um, I think that we, I don't like the other one either though. I think you like it a little bit more than me, which is fine. It's good. But to me, it just, it feels like they both, wrapped up loose ends i didn't need to have wrapped up mm-hmm. yeah and, and like it makes me it, it weirdly makes me look forward to re8 less now that i yes. know that lucas is not is is not still in play yeah well and not for me now that i know that uh zoe is in play mm-hmm. and that maybe uh the brother is in play like what is this <laughs> fucking like league of extraordinary gentlemen <laughs> style style new umbrella that we're gonna get like that's perhaps like too much towards uh, so one of the things about both these DLCs, and it applies that it plays more to End of Zoe, but it applies to Not a Hero too, that I think is worth mentioning, is that like Resident Evil Seven, in a lot of ways, was the first Resident Evil that you could take a hundred percent seriously. Mm-hmm. Like it was funny, yep. there were funny bits to it. It was a little bit outsized, but it was genuinely really scary. Mm-hmm. And there was no so bad it's good dialogue. There were no like alphabet soup viruses yeah. you know like later it gets a little up its lore once you find out what the molded are mm-hmm. but for most of the game it is a straight horror putt that is just really effective and straight laced and invited you to take it seriously mm-hmm. and has a tragedy at, at its core a tragedy at its core like does everything i want from a good horror story both of these dlcs kind of feel like they're making fun of me for taking the main game seriously yeah you know this one for being like oh you thought you're away from traditional resident evil lore mm-hmm. and the second one for thinking taking anything seriously yeah because we live in a magical world where like you eat grubs to get your health back and you punch <laughs> out zombies like we don't live in the real world like this is not grounded mm-hmm. is what the second one communicates to me so both of them feel like they weaken the main product to me yeah while being degrees of fun on their own yeah this one less than the second one the second one is more fun to play mm-hmm. like end of zoe is more fun to play neither of which is so fun to play as i think that they make up for the damage they do to the the main game and, and the plot yeah yeah um they make me wish that they were like what if scenarios like the dlc that we got for um re2 and you know and for this yeah you know like we got magical dlcs mm-hmm. you know we got uh you know we got multiple endings on daughters where it's like there's a canon one and there's a non-canon one we got jack's birthday party which is an arcade like a sega arcade mode mm-hmm. you know for something like that like we got goofy yeah dlcs these could have been what if scenarios or dlcs yeah. or taken this content put it in a better different like saved it yeah um it's telling that they that they have you play as a character from the old series um in the dlc that feels most like the old series you know you are playing as chris and i think that was the main selling point for this i've put selling point in quotes because well you didn't see that because yeah i quote unquote selling point (laughs) yeah um and no i I put that in quotes because it was free dlc you know i was excited like okay what does it look like to play as chris in this world and what it feels like is a very you know a very stock standard re kind of kind of deal like a slower for a slow fps yes 
You know, it, like I like the combat mm-hmm. in, in Resident Evil 7, but I think that not a hero and the tinker chapter both teach you that like it doesn't work as a pure action experience. No, no. You know, and Chris, you know, I got to say, man, like as the series continues, I like Chris less and less. Like yeah. he is a lot more fun in his early incarnations than he is from Resident Evil 6 on. Yeah. Like Beef Boy Chris is not super interesting to me. No. Um, um, PTSD Chris, they don't even treat that very well. It's it's played almost entirely like, I lost my man. It's yeah, here it's, that is played up to 11 like it's a fucking joke. How many how many squads of people have you lost, Chris? Yeah, how many people were alive in the, the BSSA before you got here today, right. Chris? The um, Yeah, so it's just, it's not, not only did they take an old Resident Evil character, but they also took the most generic of them. And yeah. he wasn't always generic, he became generic. Mm-hmm. He became the beef boy. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, the, the, the main game ends with, you know, Ethan being cradled by, <laughs> by Chris. He has come in to rescue the interesting character yeah. and take over. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm in charge now. Yeah, um, and which, this, which I mean, also good. too, real quick, um, how it's good in Resident Evil Seven when that happens because yeah, it's yeah. shocking to have the game connected to the real Resident Evil verse. Like that mm-hmm. is the most like promise I felt for Resident Evil Eight, and just yeah. feeling like, oh, geez, like they are going to tie all this up. Like it's just this tantalizing hint, mm-hmm. and then having him go on this this uh, this mission. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, that's what that was, though, actually. Yep. Like, that's what it's, I was hoping for without even knowing it. It's Operation Lurking Fear, yeah. um, which takes place after the main game. Uh, the only baker who is unaccounted for is Lucas. Um, mm-hmm. And we do not really know anything about the people who Lucas was working for. Other than that, they're, they're uh, called the Connections. Which that's a draft name. Is yeah. this on loan from the Kojima collection? Like <laughs> the, the the connection yeah. sounds like a Motown band that all like didn't really make it. Yeah, <laughs> hi, or we're like the connections. A, a 1998 period drama. Oh yeah, like like a, like a, a DVD <laughs> double pack with the Ice Storm. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, and you know, so Operation Lurking Fear because of the tunnels underneath. The, the area lurk, you know, full of monsters, right? Like yes. the Martin's mansion. That's, that's a Lovecrafty thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though this is not expressed that way at all. No, no. Um, starts off with, uh, you don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's getting a phone call from the fucking company is what their caller ID is. It turns out it's Lucas incredibly mm-hmm. sweaty. Um, and he's like, you know, I can't help it, man. We got work to do. Continuing through these tunnels, just kind of setting up the location yeah. and our target. Yeah. Um, and then Chris walks into the tunnels, puts on his doom helmet. <laughs> uh, and because it's Chris or Leon or any resident evil male protagonist, you have a constant female handler mm-hmm. uh, who's there. And we find out our handler is new umbrella. Yeah. AKA blue umbrella, AKA good umbrella. Yes. The umbrella that is a private military corporation. So, you know, they're good. Yeah. yeah PMCs are good in this world for some reason. <laughs> Tape is strong. PMCs are good. <laughs> Capcom. Yeah. Um, it's so weird to me. Like, I love the idea of Umbrella not rebranding. Uh-huh. Like, what a weird thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. We're Just Parasol now. Safsprint, Safsprint, Safsprint. Aquacure. Aquacure, Safsprint. Like, it's not, we weren't the zombie ones. We're trying to undo that. Oh, you mean like the BSSA? Who? Yeah, I know. Nobody played those games. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just uh it's so silly and chris also thinks it's dumb but he's still work. he's still their employee yeah yeah you know he's just like grumbled his way through the whole interview process like grumbly <laughs> like filled an application yep. did a cranky interview and got hired yeah and like he, he was brought in as like the one man who is who is able to deal with uncertain dangerous situations with bioweapons etc yeah, yeah. he's he's the wolf that they call in to clean this up um 
Yeah. It is very weird that they did not rebrand. I agree. Um, but yeah, so some of Chris's colleagues died, um, or they're unaccounted for down here in the mines. And the initial goal is to find their bodies and complete their work. Yeah. Uh, which is to kill Lucas or apprehend Lucas. They need him alive because of his, his connections to the connections, <laughs> the connections. Cause he has a copy of the connections on Blu-ray. Yes. Uh, um, so, so he kind of comes in, um, you start with a, uh, semi-auto pistol, but back from, uh, six is, uh, stunning enemies. So yep. like if you hit them in the knee or hit them in the head and cause them to stagger, you can go up into a roundhouse. Yeah. This um, ends up being really uh, useful for saving ammo. Yeah. Yeah. And crowd control. Mm -hmm. Like this is great in general. Like whenever a resident evil game allows you to do this, you should do it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you've got this, you know, mega science helmet, uh, that gives you a heads up display, et cetera. It does not look like any resident evil game I've seen before. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. Um, but yeah, you find the soldier down here warns you saying like, Hey, leave me. Like you, you, you're standing here. It's too late. He has a strange collar on. He is sitting next to, um, another deceased soldier. Uh, but mm -hmm. the soldier gets up, uh, boom, it's Lucas. Boom, because he slaps a bomb bracelet on you and detonates the other soldiers while he's walking away. Yeah, yeah. And basically says, like, I have this thing, you know, this bracelet on you. I will blow you up if you keep following me. Mm -hmm. Why Lucas would keep you alive after he leaves the room, no idea. They never really square that circle. Nope. Like, he is somebody who likes games and stuff, but this is explicitly him being beyond games and kind of desperate and, and yeah. everything. Uh, and he also is somebody who, like, doesn't play by the rules of games when it mm -hmm. doesn't suit him. Yeah. Um, this introduces the, like... It is a mechanic of this, but it yeah. is a weirdly utilized one. I mean, it's just another another kind of lock and key. Yeah, yeah. It it plays like it's going to be more important than it is. I think mm -hmm. is or it presents as being more important is that some areas have these spores, uh, they're very polluted. So your suit switches to an oxygen tank, which is hilariously uh small yep <laughs> um you, it is uh you have a tank this huge tank on your back that allows you to breathe comfortably for 45 seconds yeah well that tank there's a little bit of oxygen but most of the room is there for gatorade you gotta yeah, you gotta, you, gotta you know re refuel on the go exactly yeah. you know and his urine mm -hmm. like he doesn't stop to take a piss he just pisses in the suit he's he's, he's in a still suit but it's a really bad still suit yeah it doesn't it doesn't turn the urine into gatorade like you want <laughs> like you want <laughs> yeah, like you would, like like you want, you know, like you want. <laughs> so, uh, you kind of go through here, and initially, I was a little bummed out because the spores meant I couldn't. Like, I wanted to look around this environment that I'd been in and see if anything changed, mm -hmm. similar to daughters. And then I realized, like, oh, this isn't a, a DLC about an environment. No, like, there's not one cool environment in this DLC. No, um, it's not about that. So you just kind of rush through until you get to a section with clear air, and you kind of learn a little bit about this mechanic. Um, which is basically just their areas you'll have to rush through mm -hmm. and they use that for a couple of ambushes, but there's, they don't do a lot with it. Right. Um, including the next area, which is full of the spores you rush through and there's a, a, a cheeky little ambush right next to the elevator. Um, <laughs> but you take that out and then you get on the elevator and the air clears and you start talking to your operator. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is where you get some of the background that, Hey, the BSAA is still a thing. Um, you were contracted by the new umbrella. Uh, basically, nobody left from the old organization is, the, is there. Um, this is all new people who want to help clear up the name. It, the name is toxic. Not, Get rid of it. It's not all new people. No. It's, it's the, she even she explicitly says some of the people were around from ah, gotcha. the battle days, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. 
Like you don't you don't forgive the the You should be in prison. Disaster. Yeah, yeah. Like these people. Like why are they free? Yeah. Why are they walking free? I just don't understand. Like Chris is. It's it's a real weird line for Chris to either like he just goes all in on it because he knows something I don't know, mm-hmm. or he wouldn't go all he wouldn't go in on it. But this weird like I'll do it, but I don't like it. <laughs> is really strange. It's fucking umbrella, man. Yeah. You know they they are responsible for terrible things happening in the world. They ruined your life. Yeah, death count in the, in the you know the tens or tens of thousands conservatively. Yes, you know, um, well if you take Raccoon City into account, millions. You know, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, and and also, I mean, as they look at the look at the knock on knock on effects, you know, millions of people died in RE six. You know, yeah, just a, a, a an attack on an extremely populated Chinese city. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, Chris. <laughs> um, so you get down to this like kind of hub area in this big mining facility. Uh, it has this huge round vault door and there's a little like Joker panel that you have mm-hmm. to put a Joker key into uh, introducing your, your kind of three struts yes. here. Um, and there's some mild Metroidvania elements where you have to go down, like go partway down one to unlock another one, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We should just tackle them in order. Yeah. Uh, even though there's a little bit of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the only one you can get through, uh, the, the only one that is not uh, blocked by spores and not blocked by um, darkness um, mm-hmm. you know, is the red shutter. You go down this first one, um, and there is an umbrella soldier who is tied up inside of a cell. Um, yep. I don't know why he says, Hey, the room is rigged to blow. Just leave me. Um, he mm-hmm. waits until you are right next to him to say that, which is yep. very dumb. I um, always feel like that has to be like Lucas having leverage on them or something, but it maybe? never actually happens. No, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like Lucas, like, Oh, I've got your family or I don't know. Like I always felt like there's some reason why these people are just so, so willingly bait mm-hmm. uh, in this game, you know, including the first guy. Like, it's like, Oh, we'll kill you if you don't say this to Chris. Yeah. You know? I, I don't but, think that it's uh, thought through that much. I don't think so either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, the goal for this, uh, for the strut is to get the key to free him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So you go down to this like little area that is a, a very explicit and kind of welcome, like combat mm-hmm. arena. Yeah. Like with, you know, ammo sprinkled about it, um, different uh, angles of entry, but no way to have your back completely safe. Mm-hmm. A few uh, uh, like one way drops um, in yep. the circular uh, arena. It's good design. Yeah, good design. Uh, and the combat in Resident Evil 7 is fun. Yes. You know, as much as it, I, I think that it doesn't stand on its own, but it is fun to engage with. Mm-hmm. This feels more empowering than the uh, than the tanker section. I feel like that yeah. the tanker section was a little bit to give you um, some catharsis in shooting down the molded. That never really worked for me because the tanker was too much of a slog. Here, it works for me to you know just be mowing through the molded like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you uh, and we, at some point we got the shotgun in here. Yeah, as well. Um. But we enter, we're introduced to a new enemy. There are two new enemies uh, in this this DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another giant molded called a mama molded. Yeah. Oh no, this is, this is you went into the giant one before this though. Are we? The mama molded shows up where we need the special ammo, but maybe no, this is when we come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're introduced to the mama molded, which are these ones that are kind of leaking uh, this fluid. They uh, regenerate too quickly, so we need to get ramrods. Mm-hmm. Um, which are special bullets that kill mama moldeds. Yeah. They're like antifungal, um, antifungal bullets that, uh, that yeah. halt the regeneration, um, yep. with regular molded, it will just, uh, you know, it's a one shot, one, hot, uh, one shot kill, um, mm-hmm. with the mama molded. So you have to shoot them with this and then switch over to a different gun or a different kind of ammo to continue doing damage to them. Um, yeah. Alan just, wake vibes. Yes. Uh, which is, I like, I, I like that here, like here in a small yeah. dose as a, like an extra little ritual you have to do in combat neat um 
Yeah, but it is walking around. The reason it's called the Mama Mold it is it is the source of one of these other monsters you're going to get, which are these little fungus face huggers. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about those guys. Yeah, the third thing. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you you get the key. You head back to the cell, uh, here, and the uh the soldier then when you get close to him he says I was bait <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then the spores flood the room. Uh, and then Lucas sends back uh, his sends his spinning blade down to decapitate the soldier, mm-hmm. uh, and the spores are going to kill you. So you have to take the enhanced filter off his head again, giving you this weird kind of vague Metroidvania yeah. vibe to this. Yeah. So you can go more places now. The green shutter, which was previously blocked off by these very thick spores, um, you can now explore. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I, I can't remember because I played this too long ago. I believe that this gets rid of the time the time limit. Yeah. yeah. And the, yeah, that's no longer an, a, a concern at all. Yeah. Like I thought it would be like, oh, when it's super moldy, I'd have a time limit. When it was it was only a little moldy, I'd get nothing. But mm-hmm. no, it just gets rid of it. Yes. You know, so. Gone. Um, here uh, in these storage tunnels, these absurd, absurdly <laughs> linear storage tunnels that go on forever. Yeah. Um, it's like it's storage tunnels, comma, catacombs is how this, yes. this is designed. Um, there are these white regenerated moldeds here. Um, this is before you get the Rambo or the, the Ramrod ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, uh, cause this is what I thought you were talking about with the, with the mama molded mm, earlier yeah. is these white guys. I can't remember what these guys are called. Yeah. The, 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 the mama molded have the white mold on them as well. That's just yeah. the general signifier that says, Hey, you need the Ramrod. You need the antifungal rounds, but they're the big ones as well. Yeah. That is the, uh, so here, this is very frustrating because the, the white ones come out of the ground. Mm-hmm. The, you have to backtrack. Until they just disappear. Yes. Like they just go away. And I didn't, that's so counterintuitive to me in a game that is largely about pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the past, you know, the molded would disappear. Like if you go into a safe room mm-hmm. or something like that, you'd watch them dissolve, but there's no reason for them to stop chasing you here. But the way that you go through this is you walk forward until you hear the music for one of these things. And you see it pop up, you run back the hallway, like three corners back, you wait until the music stops and you go forward. And that thing just never existed. Yeah. It's really unsatisfying and and counterintuitive to me. Yeah. Like probably my least favorite segment in this DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes on for fucking ever. It like goes it on for a, a very really long, time. long set of yeah. tunnels. Yeah. Uh, I think you do three of these Some, little, little white molded fake out things. Yeah. You do. You do a couple of them. Like you're, you're like, you go in, um, you, you follow the linear maze to its, to, to, to its um, logical conclusion. You get the, uh, the night vision mod for your helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you end up going back basically going back through the same hallways again, but you are coming at the uh, particular doors from a different direction, uh, which lets you uh, take a different path through them. So yeah. it, it feels much longer than it actually is because you are doubling back over um, geometry that you've already been on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it also introduces the turrets. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the, as you, as you're heading your way, you're, you're on your way out. Yes. Uh, the trick for these is you have to uh, duck beneath them to stay beneath the uh the line of sight mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you can also knock them over with grenades oh yeah uh you know half-life 2 style mm-hmm. yeah uh but you know you you get back through you need to wait for an elevator to come by and you're swarmed by these small fungal face huggers um i never found a very good way to deal with them fortunately this is the only set piece where they become a real factor mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but now we have the night vision and we can go through the, uh, the blue or black shutter. I couldn't decide what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't really tell the, the difference between these very well either. Cause it's a light, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of tricky. Yeah. Um, this is the dark wing, but when, now that it is no longer dark, uh, you know, you can 
make your way through here, but it's filled with traps, which is the reason why you couldn't stumble around in the dark. Yeah. Um, specifically these, um, flame jets on the floor, these plates mm -hmm. on the floor that will, uh, you know, cook you. So you got to yeah. avoid those. Um, and you get down to this weird, what feels like it would be a top down puzzle room. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, by you know, with the with these mine carts that you have to push in the right order, um, some of them are full of bagged meat and viscera, um, in order to uh, break your way forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and we also get our blow our bloated exploding molded, which is another new enemy. Uh, these kind of uh, suicide bomber ones. Yeah, that poop pop out here. Yeah. Um, when you get down, you you find the mechanical clown from his first escape room. Mm -hmm. uh, he saved him. Yep, which I'm glad. <laughs> uh, has the uh, the clown key. Uh, which can pick up the Joker key and you expect it to hurt you. It does not, but a white molded burst in right. that you have to use your, use a ramrod on ramrods are fairly rare in this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't think you could totally, I think you can run away from all these things. You can't actually screw yourself yeah. by using up all your ramrods, but you know, yeah, uh, not, not, uh, not best practices to get ramrodded here. Nope. Um, and on your way out, you reach this room full of laser traps um, that is like something from, uh, like a, like a deus ex game or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, going up and down these, uh, these ramps and through these tunnels and stuff, avoiding all these trip mines, um, with one of your men, uh, who's extremely important to you as Chris Redfield in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and this feels like a gotcha too, uh, because yeah. the, what, what you are inclined to do first, um, is going to get you killed. And it almost feels like you have to do that to understand that you need to go beyond him. So if you go up and inspect the uh, the tied up person in the, in the you laser don't even, room. You don't even have to press a button. No. If you just get close to him, you get drawn into his gravity. Yep. Well, that is dumb. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. And then when you die, so you do that, um, you check out the guy, and then uh, Lucas turns all the lasers on you and blows you up. Then you reload and you get a tooltip. That said, it's always best practices to to secure your men or secure the traps before rescuing your men. And I'm like, best practices. Yeah. Like this is the last man. <laughs> like like there, there's you know the, we're gonna go fight Lucas after this. You're you're a DLC, my friend. <laughs> there are no best practices. No. Here. And all of this like Metroidvania stuff you've been having me do makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Like they're just keys. Yeah. You know, uh, it is uh, it is pretty dumb. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this time you turn off the, the traps uh, and you attempt to get out uh, with him. Uh, but before you can do it, he blows uh, your buddy's collar and mm -hmm. activates your wrist bomb timer. Yes. So could have done that very early on. Mm -hmm. Doing it now. Yes. Uh, so the wrist bomb timer, you have 10 minutes, which seems extremely generous in this hour long DLC. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you have the clown key and you have a wrist that's going to blow up. So you need to go through and uh, look for some liquid nitrogen that you can use to, de to deactivate the bomb. Mm -hmm. uh, this is behind the red shutters clown door, the path you need to go through. Um, mm -hmm. The um, uh, the green clown door actually takes you to a couple of upgrades that you can get uh, your oh. your stabilizers and things like that. If you decide to uh, decide to head that way, uh, it makes sense to do that after you get rid of the bomb, but it's there. Um, yeah, I did not know that was there. I, I think I missed that clown door. Yeah. Each of the, each of the hallways has a clown door. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you have this 10 minute the most beautiful <laughs> set of words in the English language. <laughs> each of the hallways has a clown door. Clown door. <laughs> clown door. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this is this is fairly tense because you get to a point where you can't proceed because you have to fight and kill one of the mama molded this thing that was uh, un, you know unbeatable before, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it didn't leave me with very much time. Um, it's yeah. a cool arena. Like you have a um, you have a truck in the middle of it that you can uh, run around. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which you kind of need to for any kind of classic Resident Evil yes. boss. Like you need it to not have straightaways on you. Yeah. You know, um, after you uh, kill him, you go and you plunge your hand in liquid nitrogen to freeze the bomb off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it starts again and you throw it because we're in action movie cliche time, even though it's somehow not fun. <laughs> like, I mean, fun, not just like the play, but just fun, like, yeah. you know, throwing yeah. the bomb seconds before it goes off does not read like fun parody or like fun over the topness to me. Yeah. Um, we go through our last Joker door uh, in the beginning, which opens up this like fallout vault door. Yeah, it's like a shield device is what they call it. I have no idea what this would actually be in a in a mine. No idea. No yeah. idea. It does not feel like very actual miney. Yeah. Um, and you get inside uh, and Luke, we have our wave based combat. For this mm-hmm. thing, Lucas is like, you know, hey, soldier man, mm-hmm. you know, here, here's a bunch of molded for you. And then uh, just tosses wave after wave of molded at you. And you start off on this like pretty narrow like this is actually a really difficult arena. Yeah, yeah. You, you, there, there you have like stairways, ten feet you can run. Yeah. yeah, you're really small arena. You have two stairways where you can get some elevation, but both of which you can't get around anything on them. Mm-hmm. You know, very very difficult. Yeah, no, you just have to hold your ground and hope that you can survive the wave uh, until yeah. he opens up more of the uh, more of the capsule to run around in. I do enjoy mm-hmm. that. Cress uh, has run out of patience at this point. He says, yeah. "If you're going to kill me, then just kill me." But for the love of God, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is is the only reasonable response to Lucas. But yeah, this is this is a tough combat section. Uh, eventually, more of the capsule does open up for you, uh, and this concludes with Lucas getting ready to blow the entire thing up uh, to you yeah. know, fill it with flames, and you end up having to um, escape out of a grate on the floor. Yep. Um, so you escape on the grate, um, and we can you find out from your handler that Lucas sent an, an email to his employers, which I don't exactly understand how we're monitoring his email, but we still mm-hmm. need to get the data from the files or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels like we have access, but uh, he said, you know, he sent an, yeah, he sends an email right away as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to log on to AOL and email my employer. Yeah. Chris Redfield is dead. <laughs> email <laughs> alert set up for Chris Redfield dying. How much yeah. data do you have left in your data plan? I'm out of minutes. I need to, <laughs> I need to go log on to a dial up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so this is like, and this is also again kind of dumb because it's like he knows that I'm, he thinks I'm dead. We can use that to our advantage. Yeah. Oh, you mean when you immediately walk up to him and reveal yourself? Yeah, like in two seconds. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Super silly. Something I do think is cool. You get through the shield device and you walk into like a nice lab. Yeah, yeah. Resident Evil lab time, mm-hmm. uh, an abbreviated version. Yes. Uh, there's an examination room here where you can tell that they had, uh, been, been working with Evie and the fungus in general. Uh, you can tell this because, uh, grandma's old wheelchair is here mm-hmm. and also some, some of, uh, some of the old dolls. And there's a photo yeah. of Evie with Mia. So she had spent some time here, uh, being, being poked and prodded by Lucas. Yeah. Um, and we, we're getting some more backstory here. Like the researchers are really upset because they just like installed this hayseed. Uh, as the <laughs> well, not just this hayseed, but this, right. uh, yeah. but this sadistic fuck uh, yeah. who uh, immediately stops all of the legit research on this. They're, you know, the connections is evil, but stops all of the research that would have been effective and just like has molded fights. He brings yeah. people in to fight just- the molded. Kind of relatable. Like I would make the molded fight each other, but like oh, yeah, yeah. kind of relatable in general. Like if I got stuck there, I quantum oh boy, like got quantum leaped into it. <laughs> like quantum, I guess, oh boy. You know, I'd probably yeah. do that. Uh you know, so the uh uh you uh you go up to him and he you you can kind of catch him off guard, but no matter what happens, like you're not using the the advantage of surprise here. Mm-hmm. Um he's sending out the the E series data, but he runs 
uh, and the way after him is blocked by a turret. So you're always slowed down. You know, getting this element of surprise means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, he killed all the researchers that were part of the connections. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, after the turret runs out of ammo or if you throw a grenade to knock it over, uh, you follow Lucas uh, into this research depot and it is time for boss fight. Yes. Time for just a basic ass Resident Evil style boss fight. Yeah. Um, so you walk in and Lucas gets the drop on you, you know, just kind of jumps on your back and tries to bring you down. Bad idea because Chris has a ramrod ammo, which will interfere with, uh, Lucas's fungus abilities. Uh, remember yeah. that Lucas had, um, broken free of Evie's control. The, con- mm-hmm. the connections had helped them do that, but he still had some of the regeneration stuff, um, built into him. Um, the ramrod around causes him to kind of mutate into a kind of soup. Like he dissolves, Um, and Chris blacks out and you wake up and Lucas is a big old testicle hanging from the ceiling that gives birth to something that is just straight up a G type tyrant. Yeah. Like the one thing I like about it is I I like that Lucas, when it happens, he's like, Oh, so this is what that feels like. Yes. You know, cause he's, he's seen it, you know, he knows that this is a thing. He knew it was on the cards. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is a really uninspired design Yeah, and turning this cerebral villain into a fight of the beef boys mm-hmm. uh, is really disappointing. Yeah. Um, it's like a hard fight, you know, and the, the kind of trick, it feels like a very standard resident evil fight with two gimmicks. Um, one being that, you know, the big, there's always a big central thing you can run around in these fights mm-hmm. in this one. He can jump up onto it yeah. and kind of short circuit, the pathfinding that mm-hmm. you put them through. The other one is that the the molds start coming through and you have to get oxygen. Right. Uh, from the, these little corner Phillips stations. Yeah. Um, and that's the fight. Other mm-hmm. than that, it's just emptying ammo, doing your best to avoid and block. Yeah. Uh, and not, uh, not get killed. Yeah. If you have ramrod rounds, it will stun him and expose his heart again, straight mm-hmm. up, just like a tyrant. Um, yeah. the only cool thing about his design is that you can see a suggestion of his old face. Like mm-hmm. his, his facial structure is kind of built into it. Um, that is most apparent when you, you know, have him downed um, and the, you know, the, the, the cutscene where he dies uh, is going through. But yeah, there's very little that is good about the, you know, that, that is inspiring about the fight or the design. It feels like mm-hmm. a return to form, um, but it is a return to a form that we were happy to see them wander away from. It's like a return. It's not even a, it's like a re retread of the form. Yeah. Like return to form implies like going back onto a track they were on, but further along it. Mm-hmm. This is not further along the track. No, this is no. way back on the track. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is a, a huge regression yeah. to it, the form and that's, it's a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, Chris says game over and blasts, yep. uh, Lucas's mutative face. Incredibly dumb. Yep. <laughs> Don't stop saying game over. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, especially when the, the game master explicitly did not play a game with you mm-hmm. with this. Um, you know, they're like, he's over at the computer. Like, you have to stop the, the data transfer of the e-data by, by uh, you know, our hackers are working on it. And then he shoots the server and is like, you know, our hackers are going to be upset. They'll get over it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, why isn't this fun? Like, why isn't that fun dialogue? Why isn't this Doom 2016? Yeah. You know, where like that stuff works. Like somebody yeah. short circuiting the cliche is like works. Mm-hmm. Well, I also like, you know, like <laughs> it reveals something about the new umbrella. The fact that yeah. they wanted to, to preserve all of the E E series data um, instead of get rid of it. Chris is in the right here. You know, it well, should be to, you know, be like nobody should be able to use this. They They should say it. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying I need everything spelled out for me. I don't necessarily like, I think you're right, but it, it's it feels not, like it could have been under, under the semiotics of the scene. Yeah. The semiotics of the scene is he's a badass who doesn't play by the rules. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. he made a calculating move because he doesn't trust his employers. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that the second one is way cooler than the first one, but we don't get that, you right. know, yeah. like even if that's ultimately what happened and he is in the right, like it doesn't read as a considered move. It reads as like action hero and patient shoot, shoot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that sucks. That's just like less interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this ends with Chris going back to the packed up mansion. Um, he is looking at a photo of the bakers, um, contemplating better villains than he, uh, than he encountered in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, umbrella comes down and says the mold has been contained when categorically, no, it has not. Yeah. Yeah. That mold's still about friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and all we have to do is play the next DLC to learn that. Yeah. Even though at the end of that, it does, everything is fine. Yeah. Basically. Um, the next one is, uh, end of Zoe. End of Zoa. Um, Zoa. End of Zoa. That's how the uh, the hillbilly superhero uh, that we get to play as in this says it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though American English. Say so. <laughs> yes. Uh, Zoe of Enders. Um, this is much more fun to play. Yes. While making me a little bit angrier because it is so it takes any sense of stakes and drama mm-hmm. in the main game and crumbles it into a ball and throws it back in my face. Yes. I feel explicitly made fun of by this DLC. Yeah. Like how dare you take resident evil seriously? You idiot. It was always a joke. It was always a B movie. Why did you care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also it does that while, um, you know, kind of signaling to you that this is drama that should be taken seriously. You had left Zoe for dead. You find her and she is transformed. She's on her last legs. You know, the stakes are that you have to save this one person. Um, yeah. And you are going to deal with Jack again in this, you know, spoiler which, for the which also should not have happened. Yep. Like we, the, the whole reason why Zoe was in this circumstance is because we only had those two cures. Mm-hmm. A big part of the main game was getting one of those cures. We used one on fucking Jack. Yes. It should not have happened that he can come back. Like this breaks its rules tonally and mm-hmm. logistically yeah. in a way that does immeasurable damage to Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Like, I, I wish that this was a guiding thing because it's really fun to play. And there are moments where I was laughing out funny. loud at yeah, what I had is, to do. Yeah. It's funny. It's like really funny. But I, I kept thinking the same reason, like it's a different way of when I was playing through uh, the Chris one, mm-hmm. I kept thinking like, why isn't this fun? Mm-hmm. Here I was like, why isn't this? Why can't? Why isn't this just funny? Why like? Why isn't this good? Mm-hmm. Like it's funny, and it feels like I should just be like. I, th- I think that something I I don't know how to express it, but something that I've noticed when I examine when my opinions are separate from others, you know, my peers and everything, is that there is a tendency, and this is just a different way of looking at things. There's no judgment in this, of some people where they just want things to be out there. It doesn't matter what it is or what form that takes. It's just a level of the extremeness that something can be out there. Yeah. See, um, see whenever we invoke the TV trips, turn the rule of cool. Exactly. Yeah. Like, or, or just like the rule of weird or whatever. Like, you know, there is a, a it's, it's something that comes up a lot in anime. It's not exclusive to anime, but it comes nope. up a lot in anime. Like, 
you know, did you say no? Nope. No, no, said? no, no, oh. no. I was, I was, I was not <laughs> I disagreeing. I was, I was right. not disagreeing with you. I, the, my, you can. my, <laughs> no, no, I, no, I just like, trying to mute me in retrospect or something. No, like, I, I was, I was not. Um, my, my no was, I was agreeing with this is not, this is not exclusive to anime. It yeah. is, you know, it comes up in the kinds of anime that we, that we criticize. Certainly certainly not exclusive. Yes. You know, certainly not. But whenever anyone tries to sell me on like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Mm -hmm. this is what they're doing. They're like, hey, can can you believe that there's a character named this? And this is really crazy. Yeah. And a character does this and their job is this. And they're all really out there wacky things. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like being really out there and wacky is uh, like not enough Mm -hmm. for things like the extremity of what something is isn't. You know, wouldn't it be crazy if you played a game where you did this and it'll be like a big line of really weird things you could do in a game? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's that's not enough. Like, it, it's yes, that would be weird. Yeah. And I'm not going to say it wouldn't be pleasant in the moment. Go back and watch my stream of End of Zoe. Uh, it was the first time that I played it. I did it blind for X-Rank Live. You know, I mm-hmm. was laughing my ass off at the things that this had me do. It was sufficient in the moment. And any yes. of those over-the-top kind of things can be sufficient in the moment. However, it's a sugar rush, at least for me. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I need to know what – like, to what end um, or for what sake this is happening. Yes. What, does this, what does this add up to? And and fun is real. You know, that's something we, we say a lot on the, on the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, fun is real. Laughter is real. If something is funny and you had a laugh about it, that's real and valid. Like, yeah. you had that reaction. It's good that it engendered that reaction mm-hmm. to you. For me, and again, this is not a qualitative thing, with certain properties, like, I can't – like, I was invested. Mm-hmm. Like, in at the same time I'm seeing this, this super swamp man punch zombies and eat grubs for health, I'm also – was drawn to this because I like this world and I like this story mm-hmm. and I was taking it seriously. Yeah. Um, and this doesn't feel like that. And then, you know, I, I was thinking about this, I was talking about it online and then I was like, well, what about Resident Evil four? Cause Resident Evil four is really out there, but like one Resident Evil four is funnier than this is Yeah. like significantly. So, and two Resident Evil four is pulls a trick. Mm-hmm. Like Resident Evil four does both. Yeah, it is like it's scary, and then it slowly becomes absurd in a way that kind of tricks you, mm-hmm. and handles the transition just a lot better than this does. Yeah, this goes from hey, uh, even within the DLC, like isn't it sad? Like this guy's going to rescue his niece to, you know, bug bug chugging, you know, swamp punch, puncher, <laughs> yeah. you know, but bu- bug chugging one punch man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, and it just it immediately goes back and they're just totally garbage. Yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't cohere no. um, to itself or to the main game in a way that I think is really not very good yeah. while still being fun and funny to play. Yeah. And like and, and also just like structurally it contradicts the main game in a huge way. Um, you know, just the, the, this, this relative who lives nearby, but like never <laughs> came by and questioned what was going on. Yeah. With uh, yeah. with you know, with with the uh, with with this family, like I understand a little bit why he wouldn't go Three to the years. government to help. Three years is a long time. Yeah, as like, as his ecosystem is utterly destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Three years, and it's just like, well, you know, well, there's there's been those uh those mega gators and those goo monsters. Yeah, I don't care about my brother though. I'm fine. Yeah. It like just like like it, it ontologically does not add up. It doesn't. It doesn't make any kind of sense. You know, and, mm-hmm. it, and it feels like they had this idea like, OK, like what if we did this first person melee uh, kind of twist on the, uh, you know, on, on the RE7 formula? Um, and I think that works like it's, a, you know, this is a very fun game to play uh, or a very fun piece of DLC to play. But like they started from that point and they worked backward into a thing that cannot be reconciled with the main product at all. Yeah. 
yeah I, it is really fun to play i would have it, it's fun to play in a weird way that like it's fun to play but if we could just punch the zombies the whole time what the fuck was the point <laughs> you know like it, this feels like it should have been a spin-off or like another like a, almost like another thing entirely yeah like if you would have given this the cadence of an arcade mm-hmm. thing like given this the jack's birthday you know things with like points popping up when you do combos yeah solved like solved as as a thing that would not because i wouldn't have that feeling of like and i know ethan is is weaker mm-hmm. than the you know than than joe but it's just like punching them isn't an option they're really scary they're mm-hmm. really dangerous you're not supposed to touch them yeah <laughs> like you know, it's that, explicitly that, that is the danger is contact with them yeah, it, it, you shouldn't punch them. It's not so. The, it just it, I couldn't get over that like the whole time I was playing it. Mm-hmm. So it it ended up putting like it was interesting to me too the way those two things can put a damper on each other. Where like yes, this is funny, but it's less funny because it is too stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, like being so good at so stupid, it's good is trickier than I think people give it credit for. Yeah, yeah. You know, so at least in my opinion, like other mm-hmm. people go really like this and everything. It is. Uh, has a real meme status to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not take that joy away from anybody as yeah. somebody who really loved Resident Evil seven and was pretty invested in the story and the pathos of it. Yeah. I feel a little bit, uh, you know, made fun of. I wish that this. I wish that this was just dessert, right? Yeah. Like the, like the, the, from a, from a place to, from a play point, from a play style point of view, this is a, a dessert style treat. However, this is the last piece of RE seven content that you're going to see. It sets, yeah. you know, it it sets off against everything else and brings a conclusion to functionally the main villain of the first game or of the main game, yep. right? Um, and and you know, this is this is an imperfect messenger to you know to to serve that purpose. Um, yeah, because because of the outsized choices that it makes, it can't be both. Like it, it can't yeah. do both of those things. Yep, and that's that's its biggest problem. Yeah. You know, uh, so this begins uh, with a flashback to the choice of Ethan making the, you know, cause you might've forgotten about this too. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it, you know, we talked to go back to our episode to talk about how problematic this, even this articulation point is, mm-hmm. you know, where you're given the choice between the person you were taken to save and the person who's been helping you this whole time mm-hmm. while reasonably believing the person you were sent to save, uh, you know, has cut off your hand mm-hmm. uh, and this other person's a stranger and then it not weighting those choices equally at all. Right. Like one of them making it, the other one just getting doomed for no reason, mm-hmm. like instantly. Like, yeah. so it's already taking kind of a dumb part of this is actually like a really great example of like a Bioshock Infinite style DLC where like it is trying to undo a mistake from the game. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. by like adding, like shoring it up. Yeah. You know, this is Fitzroy uh, having a gun to her head when when she shot the kid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you you chose uh, your your girlfriend or your wife uh to to leave here you abandon zoe yes you know and she you know gives the heartbroken uh southern gothic lie and like go on i guess i just belong here something like yeah. that um yeah. you know and then cut to much much later uh get to after the events of the game uh zoe's out in the woods and she is struggling against evie's control um and she is fighting back so much um and i think that this is at the time that evie dies as well um mm. she petrifies in, into kind of this crystal statue yeah. Yeah. Uh she looks a lot like uh Gozer. Yeah. Yeah. Or Azul uh, or or what have you. She looks like yeah. Esper form Terra to me. She looks like a Final oh, Fantasy sure. creature. Yeah. Yep. Um so Joe, our main character here, uh comes upon these umbrella soldiers standing over her body outside his shack. Uh he thinks that they have hurt her. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you punch him out. Yep. <laughs> and he punches them out, and Joe has taken Zoe inside and is holding these soldiers captive. 
Um, yep. You know, tell me what kind of help arrives in a helicopter gunship is his response it's, to like, hey, we're here to help. help you. Yeah. But this is one of those things that just happens constantly in media where I'm like, how is the soldier so inarticulate? Mm-hmm. Like, you just explain things and yeah. you don't get killed. Talk. Like, just, you know, oh, we're here to help you, idiot. Yeah. But I ain't saying nothing. Just talk and you'll be fine. Like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but he doesn't. I understand you're tied up and that sucks. And it probably makes yeah, it hard to scary. think clearly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Joe believes that, uh, these guys are responsible for what's happening. Uh, Zoe is Joe's niece. Uh, Joe is yes. Jack's brother. Jack lives yep. in this compound. Uh, Joe has decided to live out in the shack, uh, to live out in a shack in the swamp as a swamp man. Yes. He's in it. <laughs> um, the, uh, so, you know, he says like, uh, that, the, you know, that's my niece you messed with and around here, family is a righteous cause, uh, beats the crap out of this innocent, innocent soldier, um, intimidates him in admitting that there is a cure. Right. Uh, you know, and he says like, yeah, there's a cure. We were on our way to get her treatment. You fuck that up. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not care. Uh, he's on his way to go get the cure. He ties him up. Yeah. Uh, the cure is at a shack that is not too far from here. Yep. Um, and as we go outside, we are introduced to playing as Joe, uh, this elderly, incredibly jacked, uh, gator hunter is what he is. There's a big, there's a big mutated gator sitting in front of a shack. Uh, there's a dummy hanging up for practicing your punching. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a combo system that feels really good. You know, first person melee feels good, um, when mm-hmm. it is executed, right here. It is, I believe it is executed, right. Um, and also we're introduced to the healing system. There's a tree you can inter- interact with. You pull bark off of a tree and you get a grub, uh, yeah. and you either eat the varmints and you eat them from first, first person. So you see him cram the, cram the centipedes of the grubs right into his face, or you can mix them with chemical fluid to make healing goo. Yep. To, to make uh you know traditional resident evil healing things yes the um the combo system is good but really shallow yeah. there's only two combos mm-hmm. uh you know so wait like there is a timing to it but once you have it you pretty much have it you know like this is a a fun but very shallow melee yeah. system i feel like mm-hmm. um first person melee is famously really hard to do mm-hmm. um this does do it right it is good i don't know that this would sustain a whole game though so i think that's part of the reason why it's good as a dlc yeah yeah you know, it's like a, like it's not dying light good, but it is better than, you know, many, many games. Right. How they do this. Um, after you uh, you eat the grub, you get into your first uh, basic combat with a molded. And we find our power up system here, which are boxer effigies. Mm-hmm. So really weird mechanic. Um, yeah. They're little tiny Blair Witch dolls of boxers. That give you plus one percent damage for each one you're holding, mm-hmm. which makes it feel like it is going to be an inventory risk reward thing because they hold take up a slot in your inventory uh it there it isn't though no, i never no. was was hurting for space ever yeah because you're not really using uh, weapons like yeah you, you you do find like spears and things like that but yeah never hurting for space yeah so it's very strange and the the, the upgrades are really you know one percent extra damage is nothing mm-hmm. you know eventually they get to aggregate like probably the, by the end of the game you have 13 percent damage or something like that mm-hmm. you know yeah. before you find the iron man glove there there, there um, are some that count for more like they're champion um yeah, yeah champion effigies yeah those are like five yeah you know like nothing nothing ever goes big numbers right and that's yeah um but you get to the you get to the shack there's a body um in it and there's a soldier here he's been killed he is holding a uh partial vial of the cure he had tried injecting mm-hmm. himself but there's only half of it um and spookily kind of some black ooze falls out of his eye sockets yeah um, when you return to your shack with this partial cure, 
Um, the partial vial that you put is not enough. It doesn't actually wake up uh, Zoe. And the soldier is about to tell you where to get more. He says, oh, it was just a partial vial. Like, that's – what did you expect? Mm-hmm. Like, you, stopped, you you kept punching me when I was going to explain this whole thing. <laughs> you know? um, but um, Swamp Thing pulls him out. The, the man thing uh-huh. um, pulls him out. In, in the game, like, he is called Swamp Man um, yes. in, the, in the documentation, which is weird because that is our description for Joe. It feels more yeah. accurate for Joe. <laughs> Yeah, to be to be swamp man, and the other one's like swampman, mm-hmm. like an attorney. Yep. Um, so you uh, get to your boat, and the uh, swamp thing yells at you as you pull away. Yes, it is angry, and it's going to be kind of your nemesis figure during this, but like just you know, a, an incredibly weak tea version of nemesis. He's just going to yeah. pop up at preordain, preordained spots, uh, kind of kind of like virus. nemesis, but they made you feel like he didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. I said weak tea virus. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I talked over you. That is very <laughs> no, good. Okay. I didn't yeah, well, I hear interrupted you. you. It's, it's my fault. I interrupted you, but I just felt like that was. <laughs> that is I very good. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I just I, I thought you might. Did you okay. want me to clap for uh, you? Here, I'll clap for you. Uh, oh, no, no, okay. you did good, man. Good, hey, good clap. Hey, hey good dude, clap. do you want a belly, belly scratch? I'll scratch your belly. <laughs> belly bump. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the watch out for fireballs belly bump. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, so, uh, you're in this boat and, uh, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're driving over toward the base toward the direction that the soldier told you, uh, before he was yanked through the wall. Um, and there are structures that Joe does not recognize. Like there's a big dividing wall, um, uh, that is here that we're going to need to find a way to open up. Uh, you drop Zoa off in a nearby shack. Um, and this introduces the, uh, stealth kills kind of in this yes. compound of tents that have been set up. Also really weird. Because mm-hmm. stealth kill, like they do, they do have vision. They yes. don't have audio. No. So when you do a stealth kill, it's the loudest thing. Mm-hmm. Like you just you you know stomp on their head, and when you stomp on their head, you're like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> you're making tons of noise. You're standing up. You're not being stealthy at all. Yeah, it like locks you into a like what would be like a a doom style finisher mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's really strange. Yeah, and then you're but you're you can't be seen while you're doing this. Like right. it's a really underdeveloped stealth system as well as an underdeveloped melee system. Like the whole thing is a very very much an experiment. Yeah, you know. Um, after you get through this first stealth section, uh, you find this note that says the antidote synthesizing equipment has been moved to the paddle boat, uh, where everything gets moved to in the swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, so you leave the medical uh, tent and swamp man attacks you. Um, so we have to fight swamp man in this narrow corridor outside. These fights are genuinely really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm getting your block timing and figuring out his combos has a whiff of souls to it. Yeah. A whiffin. Um, and, uh, it is fun. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. You know, you just do enough damage to him that he runs away. Um, yeah. And I just, I like any of these fights with Swamp Man. I love, um, you know, mechanically. Well, no, I, I just, I'm, I'm going to say that I love this, but it, it contributes, it, it contributes to the uh, absurdity. That's wrestling. Like you're doing wrestle yeah. moves on each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's very absurd. Um, so you take him down and you get into kind of the next area, this flooded swamp that is full of these mutated gators. The fungus got him. Uh, and they have these pustules, and when they get you, it is instant death. So what you need to mm-hmm. do is either avoid them, and when you can't avoid them, you have to use these spears to take them out from a distance. Um, you can get more spears by collecting scrap and by collecting tree limbs um, and crafting them, mm-hmm. crafting them together. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, the you know the the gators mm-hmm. that you fight here are really weird and <laughs> uh, basically like just traps. Yeah, they don't come up on land. No, it's like something that gators do. Mm-hmm. Um, IRL. Um, and yeah, I ended up having some scarcity of spears. Like this ended up being a little bit frustrating to me because 
the way they move and sneaking around them did not feel super consistent. Yeah. yeah. Like satisfying when it worked, but not, you know, pretty imperfect. Mm -hmm. I also felt like it, maybe this was the beginning of like a cool arsenal I would get, but there's one other weapon, you know, other than the end game super sword you get, mm -hmm. you know, super weapon you get, uh, that is not used a whole lot. Yeah. And thus, um, so you, you climb up onto the, the paddle boat or the, uh, and we get, uh, the spiky, extra spiky molded. Yeah. Molded, have a bunch of spikes. They're just tougher. I didn't notice them yeah. behaving any different. Uh, kind, yeah. of, kind of like they have a crown on or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and this introduces the uh, next weapon, which is the exploding spear traps. Yes. Uh, that you can use, which are like timed things. You set them off, mm -hmm. put them down and then set them off. They're not melee on mines. Mm -hmm. um, and I use them here and then I stopped using them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're very situational. Um, it, it, yep. it works here because you're on this big river boat that has um, hallways and stuff that you can lure people down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you crawl through um, opening up some vents and things like that until eventually you get to the lab room. Uh, which has the synthesizer. The synthesizer hitches partway through, so Joe punches it um, until it mm -hmm. until it breaks out um, and yeah. finishes. Um, again, more Doom 2016 stuff. I wanted it to be more fun. Uh, mm -hmm. But then the Swap Man attacks, throwing you through the floor into the boss arena. I'm sorry, into the wrestling ring. Yes, uh, where you get your first proper boss fight with the Swap Man. Yes, um, which is a first person melee like wrestle. Mm -hmm. Like it's regular punches until he takes a knee and then you do a wrestling move. Yes. Um, um it is very funny that you can uh, body slam him and he will body slam you. Or not body yeah. slam, uh, pile drive. Yeah, yeah. Pile drive. <laughs> suplexing. Yeah. yeah. You suplex each other. Yeah. Um being suplexed in first person is really disorienting. I know. <laughs> um the uh which I imagine is true. Uh, for real. Yeah, yeah. Um you eventually you take him out, you twist his head off and throw it onto the floor. Mm -hmm. And the head bears a real resemblance. Yes. Uh, to our boy, Jack, like spoilers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't figure it out right at this point, but in retrospect, it seems obvious. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, so you take the rest of the hero back to Zoe through the shortcut. Um, however, Swamp Man's back. He'd not die. He emerges from the water, carries her away. Uh, and you give Chase in a motorboat uh, through the open door. Yes. Heading, open uh, big BC wall door. Yeah. Heading deeper into the swamp, into like these jetties and docks and walkways that have to be owned by somebody. I, mm -hmm. I don't know why they're yeah, here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do like uh, how the fungus has gotten out and everything is covered with these pulsating tumors and the uh, the, the fungus is um, corrupting stuff. That is good, but it also puts the lie to, you know, Chris hearing, oh, the fungus is contained. No, it's been expanding through this ecosystem for three years. So you yeah, have a, what you have is a super fun site. Yeah. Yeah. This needs to be uh, knocked out. Yeah. Uh, through like a missile or something. Yeah. Pave it. Pave, yeah, pave it is, is the good good way to do it. Yeah. Um, as you're heading through, as you're swimming to get to this other swamp house, um, a twig eater bubbles up. It's very funny. I like that. It's very cute. Yep. <laughs> uh, just, you know, it's just underground and, you know, it's real. It, one of the gators own it. I don't know. Um, gator, gator sex doll open. <laughs> up. Yeah, like, it's got the weird lipstick. Mm -hmm. And that weird dick mangling mouth that they all have. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, what could be greater yeah. than golf with a gator? I'm sorry, sex yeah. with a gator. Yeah, yeah. What could be greater? Um, the uh, uh, so you get past that, you do some more gator stealth to get in this boat boat uh, boathouse, and uh, there's these like tough fights on these narrow walkways that also function almost as a balance thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way they do it is they don't do a meter or anything. It's just you have like usually 
um, hit, you know, not hitboxes, but like the level geometry on walkways is way more generous than it looks. Mm-hmm. Like if you were turn any bridge in a game into a, you know, just its wireframe, mm-hmm. it would extend beyond the visual image yeah, yeah. of the thing. Uh, here it is exactly the visual image. Um, and because you are in first person, like your center of gravity, if that gets off mm-hmm. the thing, you do a stumble animation and fall into the water. Yeah, a- It's not like you can't tiptoe it. Yeah, you have a brief little window to correct, but that often yep. led me to overcorrect um, yeah. and fall off into the gator water. Yep, uh, which is you know not this is not great. This is not yeah. super fun. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, um, and also like there like there's a really unnatural uh, kind of area like at the at the far end of this arena where there's like a zigzag walkway that has these trellises set up. Yeah, that block the view, um, and it's like a way to set up ambushes when really there ought not be ambushes. Super gamey. Yeah. You know, in general, just like who, 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 who built this? Yeah. When you get past it, you get to a church. Who owns this? Like, <laughs> the, like this, this swamp area makes no sense to me. Yeah. Not to be, you know, I do not understand this culture. Well, I mean, this was swamp, swamp is, uh, it's a land where laws do not hold. Uh, there is yeah. no sense, but it's yeah. just swamp sense. Apparently, yeah. Swamp law. This all makes sense <laughs> in swamp law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. uh, but uh, you fight against a bloater, one of the vomiting guys uh, and some of his buddies in the graveyard outside of the uh, outside of the church here. I don't know if this is implying that the bodies that were buried here got corrupted. Um, it's very confusing to me. Yeah. Um, I think that um, I, like I am the, not meant like to think it through. Too. What's that? No, yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think there's a cosmology to it. I like this fight because it is uh, again, it's doing the Resident Evil thing where there's a big landmark in the middle mm-hmm. to block a vomit, basically. But clearing out the the ads so you can concentrate on the the bloater is difficult. Yes, uh, and was fun to kind of try to keep, like manage lines of sight while doing that. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. So you yep. get inside, and Zoe is actually laying on the altar in the church. But, which, but when but when you approach, Swamp Man attacks. Yep. Um, and in the struggle, this is all in a cinematic. Joe manages to rip off some of the tissue that is acting as a cowl on Swamp Man's head, uh, revealing him to be an extremely mutated Jack. Remember, Jack had turned into a boathouse filling pustule. Uh, yep. We had shot him, uh, shot all of his eyes out. Then we injected him with something that turned him into chalk. There should have been no, yeah. no gooey center left for him to, uh, that that could mutate into Swamp Man. It just changes everything if this cure doesn't work. Yes, like if they if they follow up on this, mm-hmm. you know, and and Mia, you know, turns into uh, a, a monster uh-huh. later or something like that. Like if they follow up on the cure is fake. Yeah, then fine, I guess. But as is doing the whole game and having this major fight of such a memorable character, mm-hmm. you know, like really like the real climax of Resident Evil 7, right? Yeah, yeah. Is like the, the fight against Jack. Like Jack is the iconic villain. Jack is, you know, all of the scenes that people really remember. Nobody is like quoting cutscenes from the tanker. No. Or from no. the mines after that. No one gives a shit. Like everything is Baker's and Jack. The main Baker, that big climactic thing being undercut by him. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, he's actually fine, though. Yeah. yeah. It's just so fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so dumb. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. It's so dumb. It's a bad dessert. You know? <laughs> it's a bad dessert. Like, you can do, you can make a beloved character come back. Uh, you have to wait longer than this. Yeah. You know, and you have to have some kind of explanation or something like that. Because, you know, it's it's simultaneously saying the rules don't matter. But we the reason why we're going to go find her is because we have gotten a copy of the cure mm-hmm. and we're trying to synthesize it. Like there's all this like the 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 semiotics of it being important to follow the rules, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and it's saying the rules don't matter. Yeah. So yeah. irritating. So 
Um, the Jack slash Swamp Man puts Joe into a coffin and then pushes him into the swamp water, uh, giving him mm-hmm. kind of a burial at sea. All this does is cause you to uh, wash uh, ashore near the Baker estate um, near some umbrella rafts. Um, yeah, just it back into umbrellas, um, you know, zone of influence. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. a radio, uh, some time has passed enough time has passed to reveal that, uh, the Baker house is under attack. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Um, this is, this is of course, uh, you know, because this, we first found, uh, Zoe, mm-hmm. um, at the midpoint of, of resident evil seven. Mm-hmm. So while this is happening, the end of resident evil seven is happening. Yes. Yeah. In another off camera. Um, you go up to the, now here's a thing too. So you go up the path and you find a case with umbrella tax AMG, the advanced multi-purpose gauntlet, uh, seemingly one purpose. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, like, like the, it is implied to be part of a bigger exoskeleton that is meant to help you load stuff. Uh, meant to help you, you know, move around big, uh, heavy gear and things like that. You wear the gauntlet and it superpowers your punches. It makes you the best punch yep. man. Um, and you can actually charge up punches that will one shot every enemy except for Swamp Man. Yes. So you, you get this Iron Man fist. This, <laughs> and like, how is there anything less tonally Resident Evil than this that has ever happened in the series? No. Than getting an Iron Man super fist? I mean, the, 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 the one, the one. Of- the one guy saying, behold, my extreme makeover is pretty close. That was pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, this is like an extreme makeover for the tone of the series. Yeah. And it being part of a loading thing, like it, Resident Evil 8 is going to have fucking mechs in it. Yeah. And it's going to break my heart. This is I'm what Umbrella is doing. Umbrella's making mechs? Oh. I hate it. I hate it. Mm. Like, I hate it so much. And there's a person who's just like, oh, yeah, give me a super powerful fist. That's a cool thing. Having a metal glove that does Iron Man shit's just inherently cool. I don't think it is. I don't I don't agree. Like, I, it feels inherently uncool to me to have this. Like, it is fun to go around and do super punches. Yeah, I, I was laughing it, my ass off when I, when, I, when I first got this. But again, it's a, it was a sugar rush, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it makes yeah. it like it, it brings a little bit more interest to the to, to the first person melee combat by introducing these charge punches that you can do. OK, yeah. fine. What else does that say? <laughs> like, what, 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 what does what? it reflect? Yeah. What, what Pandora's box is now open in this universe? Yeah. To just like vistas of stupid that like because people are like, oh, Resident Evil has always been stupid. Mm-hmm. It's been a really specific kind of stupid. Yes. And this is an anything goes, just push the stupid meters up as high as you can, stupid. And if you say, oh, this is in line with how stupid things have always been, this is a, a return to the kind of bad stupid that we hoped would – that was like fun in Resident Evil 6 if you were like down for it. But it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. No. <laughs> and it's so far from the stupid of Resident Evil 1 and 2, which is B-movie stupid. Yeah. Like this is this is every B-movie stuck into a thing. Yeah. You know, and – but on top of all this pathos and stuff. And it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I just think it's dumb. And it's, it's also even from a gameplay perspective, like playing with the charge thing is not that different than using a power fist in fallout. Mm-hmm. You know, like it still doesn't feel like this is like doing new ground in games. Like, oh, it, it's, it it's only, some, it's only adding just like yeah. a little bit more interest to a, to, to, to a system that we criticize for being to the last of. 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. You know, and that's cool, but it, it's just, it's not, uh, it's not blazing a new trail. Yes. You know, so yeah, it is. I, I have extremely mixed feelings about it. It is funny. Mm-hmm. Like I did laugh and then I was like, oh, but I laughed and I was like, this is so fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, at the, at the same time. 
Uh, the music changes even. Yeah. Uh, you go and you, you one shot a bunch of moldeds. You get to the house. You punch down the reinforced door to the house uh, to get in. Yeah. Um, we get to see that there is a uh, there's a tent in the back where they've sent up a bunch. You know, where the, a bunch of tents yeah. have been set up. The, the, there's a, there's a tent where the trailer used to be. Yeah. 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 Um, and you get a, like a like a little bit of a memo with just some you know pop science words that uh, that maybe explain how Jack's mutation works. You know, references you know telomerase, the Hayflick limit, which is the number of times a cell can divide before it degrades. Um, referring specifically to like aging and things like that. Just says, hey, he's got special dividing cells. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's not really necessary. Uh, and why ant- him? Yeah, why him? You know, why like, not everybody yeah. else? Yeah. Yeah. So uh you go inside, you go into the uh the the main hall, uh which is you know all tented and everything is kind of packed up. Uh Zoe is sitting at a table, uh you run up to it and Jack attacks. And Joe yeah. says the most obvious thing now, you're just a rabid dog now, I'll put you out of your misery. <laughs> like, yeah. did you think Jack could be saved? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring him back. The Jack and Joe brothers like it's on an ES. He's just a little fungal, it's still good, it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, super super silly uh, and we do a boss fight here which is fun mm-hmm. uh, it, it's got multiple phases uh, which is you know fine in this case mm-hmm. um, the uh, in the main hall where he has like uh, does regular melee combos but also shoots out like a venom ask like a beam of goo stuff, yeah yeah like power mm-hmm. um, you know so you have to dodge that there's like a way you can dodge it again there's a snifter of souls to it mm-hmm. of like learning these patterns and learning yeah. when you can charge up mm-hmm. yeah the, the, there are very you know there are openings that are not as clear as you might think um, mm-hmm. and kind of learning what those openings are and uh, taking advantage of them is also part of this yeah but it's three phases each of them ends with a wrestle move and the overall fight ends with you punching jack's head apart which has never worked before no <laughs> but this time it calcifies him which he's been calcified before yeah, as well didn't work before yeah um but now uh you and in, you inject your niece uh she wakes up um umbrella troops in redfield mm-hmm. burst in they're here to help to be the heroes yep um and uh we flash forward a little bit of time uh, a little bit later, Zoe wakes up in a tent. Uh, her hair is white, but the crystals are gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe assures her, you know, hey, your family still loved her somewhere deep down. Like that is don't. How do you know that? Like, get, yeah. Get that pathos off of here. Like yeah. you, that is not the game I just played. Yeah. Um, and then I love this. Like Redfield gives uh, Zoe the phone and, and it's Ethan. It's our man from the main game. Uh-huh. It's like, I told you I'd send help. And I always keep my promises. Not and how like, Ethan talked. Not how Ethan talked. Also really weird. <laughs> Like whether he would keep that promise is not a loose end. Yeah. In my mind. Like it's just so fucking weird. Yeah. Uh yeah. Just like imagining immediately after uh, you know, the end of Resident Evil Seven after you fought this gigantic nightmare tumor wall in an attic. Mm-hmm. Him being like, Oh yeah. There's somebody who who, who died back <laughs> in the swamp. Go get him. Yep. Okay, we'll put the entire umbrella core on it. Yeah. <laughs> sir, yes, sir. <laughs> you know. You're our it's, god it's, now, Ethan. Yeah, Ethan, you're Ethan's going to become like a, a head in a jar yeah. that walks on a spider's body that controls the new umbrella or something like that. Yeah. And because anything goes. And yeah. Then he sends like, out his back army. And here, here, here's the thing, you know, before we before we go into, you know, wrap up with the weirdo modes and things like that. I ended, you know, my, the main game of RE7 and even the first batch of DLCs led me to have just an incredible amount of trust for Capcom and thinking, hey, the series is back on its 
is, is, is back in good hands. Like it can pick up again and I can just trust that whatever they put out is going to be good. Right. Mm-hmm. These two pieces of DLC, it, you know, even though there are sugar rushes to be found in them, like, I don't know. I've, I've got my, I've got doubts. Uh, yeah. Gary, I've got doubts. It's it's funny. I'm glad I didn't play this these before I played RE2. Yeah, because I because I went into RE2 like fresh off of Resident Evil Seven and was just like really excited, mm-hmm. you know. And I had that affection for Resident Evil Two and everything, but I just had that trajectory. And this being the most recent thing I've played is the thing that has given me like doubts about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I previously when it was just seven and two, I was like yes, yes, no, give me eight, give me three, make, give me all that shit. Yeah, you know. Uh, and now it's like, ah, man, what are you going to do with this story? You can't go to six this quickly. Yeah. Like Resident Evil took six games to get to Resident Evil six mm-hmm. plus a bunch of guiding games. You can't go from seven to six level bullshit yeah. in the space of a DLC. You know, it is, it is too quick. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, I didn't, I didn't, I could have done this. I should have done this. Like looked at the writers for these things, like looked and seen, you know, which creative teams were involved in the story parts. Yeah. Yeah. Both of these, because they feel like. Like none of the dialogue is as good. Yeah. You know, either the story DLC is like, it doesn't have that spark. That's something we praised a lot in the Resident Evil seven episode, because I genuinely think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, none of that is on offer here. It just feels like a totally different experience. And it's, yeah. it's almost weird. Like I, I want to feel cynical and say, Oh, these were just tossed off. Yeah. You know, this was not meant to be paid attention to. They were tossed off because they said they do DLC and they, they did it. It has too big of an effect. Like it has too big of an effect on yeah. like what can come next because characters, yeah. characters die. We learn more about what Umbrella is. Um, yeah. and like good, you know, we, we lose good characters in Lucas and we gain really questionable stuff in terms of Zoe still being alive in terms of Iron Man hands, et cetera. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a weird turn. I'm happy that I did it my way because I play like I played the DLC, you know, pretty long after the original game came out. So like I didn't like have stuff necessarily in my head fresh, you know, fresh to be ruined. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was kind of like, okay, that's really weird. I'm like, who knows where this is going to go after this? Like a couple of months later is when I played RE2 for the first time, and I was like, oh, they still got it. Like that's yeah. that's good and that's fine. Uh, now talking about it again, and especially knowing like uh, the what project resistance or or whatever that is, that oh, feels sure. goofy. That feels like a goofy guiding side game too, and that yeah. could be okay. But what if it's like what if it's not a side thing? Like yeah. what if that actually is a harbinger for whatever RE eight is going to be? Yeah, I'm just I'm happy that we we had our brief coming up for air regardless. Like I hope yeah. that it stays good. Mm-hmm. I hope that it's not a blip. Like six and or seven and uh, and and two make yeah. are not blips. Mm-hmm. Um, and regardless of which, if they continue with the remakes, which like the second one did pretty well, mm-hmm. um, even if the mainline Resident Evil Eight ends up being dumb, I'm still down for the Resident Evil Three remake. Yeah, like the the extra the affection I have for those early games and the kind of set pieces in the story mm-hmm. will carry me a really long distance. Yes, same. So it's yeah, no no hope is lost. It is just it puts a little bit of a great cloud on a great like lining on a silver cloud. Yeah, yeah. It adds some qualifications to an affection and a trust for this mm-hmm. new strain of Resident Evil that had no qualifications before. Yeah, briefly unqualified. Yeah. So, um, let's uh let's wrap up with these mini modes. Mm-hmm. Like this will be fairly quick. Yeah, um, I think um, the one that I like the most is called Jack's 55th birthday. This is really fun. It's it's fun and it's funny. Yes. Uh, and I think that the way that you do funny in this thing is you just don't try to make me cry at the end. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> 
it's, I think uh, so. it's pretty easy actually yeah um yeah uh so it's jack's 55th birthday you're playing as mia um mm-hmm. and you have to feed the hungry hungry birthday boy uh this feels the closest to mercenary modes because it is timed you do get rewards for killing particular enemies mm-hmm. um uh but it's very funny too like visually yeah. they, they they do just super cheesy tricks that i am here for <laughs> yeah. you are you are gathering uh going around gathering food you're dealing with your limited inventory space mm-hmm. uh, in interesting ways. Some of the power-ups you get will be like icons that you can hold in your space, in your inventory. Mm-hmm. They give you power-ups, but take up space. Yeah. Um, and you are bringing food back to Jack to fill up a meter as things get harder. Yeah. Um, Jack has a birthday hat, is sitting there in front of uh, doing dinner dog. Yep. So he's just banging <laughs> a fork and knife. <laughs> and they just made him record a bunch of combat or like a bunch of barks <laughs> that are all just so charismatic and good. Yep. Like I'm wasting away here. You know, it's, it's really, really good. Really, where's my dinner? Like, it's very funny. Yep. Uh, it's just really charming. Yeah. Um, and then the molded all have party hats because they got invited to the party. Yeah. And that's also really cute. Uh, and your guns, they shoot bursts of confetti when you fire yeah. them along with the bullets. Yep. It is. It is a fun time. Yeah. Um, this gets harder and harder as you go. Eventually, with they started introducing lock and key systems where a door will be locked and you have to kill certain molded to to open them up. Uh, to get into different areas, um, they'll start being boss fights mm-hmm. um, as you go. Like, oh, and like, you know, you have to kill Marguerite in this one. I didn't get that far in it. I watched. Yeah. yeah I played played enough. I played an amount of this, but not didn't go deep on it. Um, but it is really creative and pretty fun. And it does change what you're doing. Just kind of trying to speed around um, getting, you know, food items and conv- combine food items to get bigger, like, you know, appetite bonuses for yeah. Hungry Boy. So mm-hmm. it's great. It's good. Yeah, uh, quite quite fun. Like it's a good diversion. Like I did not see this through. I didn't do uh, like everything, but it's fun to like revisit the like you know some well designed levels from the main game um, and uh, re explore them. And just it has all of the um, it just it, it has the Sega arcade game you know bling and charm to it. Mm-hmm. You know, instant feedback for good for good stuff you might do. Yeah, this is totally worth some time. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I put more than like two sittings into it, but it's good. I kind of want to try yeah. this in VR. This seems like it'd be fun in VR. It is, uh, it's, 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 it's neat. Yeah. It is neat. Um, it's also like in kind of going through all these, it is real, like a master class in reusing geography, like yeah. all these different creative modes that do that, mm-hmm. you know, cause it, by giving you different goals, it recontextualizes how the space feels like rushing through the kitchen to get a cake and a wine bottle to combine. It feels <laughs> a lot different than creeping from it, creeping through it, hiding from Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, which feels different than walking around it slowly and doing the walking sim portion of daughters. Yeah. And yeah. all three of those are the same space being used in re- three really cool different ways. Yeah. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the next two modes I did not spend very much time with at all. I really just kind of read about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I tried, uh, tried my level best with Ethan must die, but it's too mm-hmm. much. Um, yeah. I never, I never really have gotten into the challenge modes in these games. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, Ethan must die it feels like this is the souls like version um, mm-hmm. insofar as they use a death loop. Uh, you know, you have uh, an inventory uh, that, you know, that you start out with nothing and you go grab things from these random boxes, these crates. Um, if you die, you leave behind a little gravestone uh, and then you go and uh, inspect that and you get one of your items back, maybe a gun, maybe something useful, um, <laughs> something more useless than a gun. Uh, but you mm-hmm. do get it back. Uh, is a way that, uh, you know, a death is not an entire loss. The goal, you start out in the yard, uh, kind of by the entrance to the old house. You have to get through the main house 
and then head to the um, the greenhouse to defeat Marguerite. However, everything is incredibly difficult. Uh, like a regular molded can kill you in two hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, you start out with nothing. Uh, and you, you know you may just end up not getting any healing items. May end up not getting am- uh, any ammo. Um, the successful runs of this that I saw. Um, involved a lot of running, a lot of fleeing from enemies, only fighting when it was necessary, and using the traps that are set against you uh, to your favor. Um, yeah, luring enemies into them. Yeah, and the the final battle, you know, when you get to Marguerite and you have to fight her, that's very difficult because even good Resident Evil battles are about pitting your resources versus, you know, a, a sink for them. Yeah, you know, so you have these very limited resources. Um, you you know, it is difficult to have enough bullets to kill Marguerite. Like. Um, you have to, you know, you have to scrounge during that boss fight regularly, but you really have to in this. Mm-hmm. Um, watching this mode is really fun. Yeah. Um, watching somebody be really good at it is really fun because this is a kind of combat system that is deep enough to like really sincerely master. Yeah. Um, the other kind of uh, challenge mode that is less challenging is Madhouse mode. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I think, aims to create a more traditional Resident Evil experience. Yeah. Um, with limited saves and no checkpoints. So you have cassette tapes instead of ink ribbons. Um, but you no longer, you know, in the real Resident Evil is a little bit like you had save points that were mostly there for quitting when you're done playing, basically, mm-hmm. you know, because you had checkpoints as well. Yeah. And those those kind of things didn't they kind of worked, you know, accomplished the same purpose in the main game here. Mm-hmm. It eliminates one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, so the, like this is still the main game. It is the um, maximum difficulty that you can do. It does the regular tricks. Enemies hit harder. You can take less damage. Um, resources are a little bit more um, scarce. The interesting thing about this that makes me want to do a little bit more of it uh, is that it is a rearrange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the critical path through the game is different this time. Uh, so it's a little bit like a master quest mode. Uh, which feels interesting and good to me. Uh, the thing that does not sound in- as interesting and good is the fact that Jack runs faster than you. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how that works. <laughs> yeah. I, I trust that it does like having, you know, having seen people play this people that online, I trust, like- um, uh, Eric and the, and the, um, Slack and Allison have said that this is good and works. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely believe that it works. I think that my, I, I, I am not in general, I don't play challenge modes of games right. and a master quest mode is also something that is a little bit less interesting to me. Yeah. Like for this kind of thing, like mm-hmm. it is, you know, having to scrounge again and find all the keys again and everything, it adds a little bit of extra life, but I think I would need more extra life. Yeah. You know? Um, but you know, and also I wait long enough between, uh, playing games. Like it was talking about this in the Slack about, um, talking about this with like Deus Ex mods. Yeah. Where it's like I only play Deus Ex every few years, and I just kind of want to play Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. So I don't end up doing like last time I did a mod, but I end up doing like minor improvements and nothing that radically changes things because I don't want the radical change. I don't want the randomizer. Mm-hmm. I'm in the mood to play Super Metroid. I want to play Super Metroid. Yeah, you know, I don't want to play Super Metroid that's totally different. Mm-hmm. When I come back to it, it st- it feels fresh enough. Yeah, yeah. Just, for for just me at least, because I don't replay games on on that uh, on that schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is incredibly slight and it's just a VR demo, uh, showing the, you know, the RE engine in VR, uh, is called kitchen. Uh, mm-hmm. it came on like a PSVR demo disc. It's just like a two minute, like VR video of, you know, you being spooked by the bakers as you sit and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at a kitchen table. Um, I thought it would be a little bit meatier than that, but yeah, it's just a way to say, Hey, isn't VR good for horror? And it was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that was in dispute. So yeah, thumbs up yep. and show off kind of what, what the engine looked like, because mm-hmm. there was a time 
pre- previous to Resident Evil 7, we all had no idea this would work. Yeah. And now we're on the other side of it. Yep. So, uh, and by and large, it works. And mm-hmm. then there's also some DLCs that are less good. Yes. Um, but it's fun to kind of have the uh, the entire the entire thing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kind of taken care of here. Um, you know, put a pin on it is fun. I've been saving these because I knew we'd cover them for the show at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I'm glad to to put them behind us. And I do have did have fun with even the bad ones, like even not a hero, which is probably the worst of the lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not just an explicit different mode. It's still fun to play through. Yeah, yeah. Like um, like there there is stuff to re- recommend it from a play. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, you know, we're the 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 Resident Evil wonks that like care about some of the shit that no one listening cares about. <laughs> so when we're like, yeah, it fucks up the tone. There's just people who are just like, what the hell are you going on about? You know, like, <laughs> it's not a thing with this this concern. Yeah. Um. You know, um so yeah. If uh, if you want to hear my first reactions to a lot of this stuff, uh, that, like there are stream archives at YouTube.com/slash/DuckBeatTV. Uh, where I played the entire main game, that was a replay for me. But um, these DLCs, the like the the new ones, uh, Not a Hero and um, um, oh gosh, End of Zoe, that that was my first exposure to them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you can you can you can get those you can get those first impressions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, next episode. Uh, so we, by the time you hear this, uh, you still have some time, I believe. Uh, bit, definitely yeah. on early release. Mm-hmm. Um, to uh, to send us your thoughts on this month's games, which mm-hmm. include the 2018 Call of Cthulhu, Silent Hill Shattered Memories, the Resident Evil 7 DLCs, which we just talked about, and our premium episode for this month, Ellen Wake. Yes. So next week, if you're listening on the public feed, everybody gets the generalities. Um, and then uh, patrons will get the entire episode where we talk about, uh, you know, the outline of the way the, mm-hmm. the, the different episodes go. Yeah. Uh, where I'm going to grill Cole for a type five on the DLCs. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not good. <laughs> so they're, they have their fans, apparently, but I, uh, mm-hmm. I am not hungry for them. Uh, and somebody, I, I think the my the where I'm coming at this, like on Alan Wake, is that like I really liked it the first time I played it. Mm-hmm. I think it is a game that is fairly uniquely resistant to revisits for me. Yeah, because I know the story and the play is no great jakes. Right, but it is. Uh, you know, that initial story is good, and there's production things. There are a lot of things to like about it. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to talking about it. I love all of the Twilight Zone episodes in it. Oh, yeah. Um, those are all great. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, it is going to be a good, fun time. Uh, if you have anything to say about November's games, uh, the deadline is November 15th. Mm-hmm. And those games are The Last Express, The Simpsons Hit and Run, and our premium episode is about Deus Ex, Human Revolution. Mm-hmm. You never asked for this? Well, you're getting it. Yeah. Um, you can also, if you want to hear those page, those uh, premium episodes, uh, go to patreon.com slash duckvtv. You get a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. $5 a month is the best level because you get a billion things. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, other than that, ratings and reviews are very useful to us. Uh, PRGE. Yes. Very soon. Two please, weeks. Please come. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yep. So if you're in the Pacific Northwest, support the Retro Gaming Expo. Um, that is the weekend of the 18th. Mm-hmm. I believe. And uh, we will be doing a panel. We will have a meetup details to come. Mm-hmm. But if you're in town, we'd love to see you. We'll have a table. Yes. Uh, set up and uh, come talk to us. Yeah. Pick up some buttons and stuff. Please do. We have too many of them. Take them. Mm-hmm. Please. Um, and that's probably about it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening. And until next time, what should they watch out for? Cool. Mm, they should watch out for. I'm so hungry. My, 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 it's my birthday. I was. Yes, wasting away here. Where's my vittles? What's taking so long? I'm wasting away here.